like he's testing his audio levels to kick off our episode. I am, I am testing my audio levels because I ran in here. Well, actually, you don't know this yet because it releases tomorrow, but when in the Kevin episode, I actually do cut in, like, kind of in the middle of our conversation, so... Okay. We could okay, get, the way we you could were saying that, it's like, I mean, oh, you're testing your audio levels. What's, what's different right now, Danny? Well, today, first to obviously tell the listeners what is the title of this episode, is that we are talking about our second film in our Pixar journey that is actually a Pixar movie, A Bug's Life. And as always with a film, we will always have a guest. And so we have a guest today, Tori Estes. Did I get your last <laughs> yes, name right? Yes. I, okay, yes, 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 yes. Good job. I think when you're on Why is the first time I got it wrong. <laughs> I felt really true. bad. <laughs> I felt really bad. No worries, that. no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, hi, I'm Tori Estes. I'm currently a graduate student getting my master's in theater history and criticism in Washington, D.C. I have one more semester left and then I will have a master's. So there's that. <laughs> nice. You're going to master what, the What's your focus? No. So um, I'm on a dramaturgy track right now, but I've been back and forth between that and like theater history teaching sort of back and forth. It's It's been a lot. <laughs> to be uh, extremely clear to the listeners... Me and Mark knew that already. We were saying that for your sake. Yeah. So don't think we're bad people that don't know what our friends are doing in school. <laughs> How yeah, dare well, you I, not I, know every minuscule part of my life, guys? It's really in upsetting. Honesty, in all honesty, the fact that I know what you're studying in theater is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Because, like, my best friend from high school, who I still... Like, she came into town to see Nope. And I was like, Michaela, I'm sorry. <laughs> What exactly is what you're studying again? <laughs> so, like, the fact... Also, though, I think that you're in theater makes it easier for you right. to remember and that we went to undergrad together. I feel like most people I know from undergrad who might be in grad school, I would know what they're studying. Right, right. It's, people I, in high school, I don't... Yes. We're still friends, but I don't know what you're doing. Well, I realize, <laughs> like, to answer Mark's question, I didn't get specific enough. Technically, um, restoration theater and then jump to the 20th century uh, Brechtian theater. Those are my two main areas of theater. See, well, I didn't know that. So. As oh, of right now. Now, now what I got you into Brechtian theater? Honestly, the first show I ever dramaturged when I was at SIU, um, we talked about Brechtian theater for 800 days. Um, it was, was it, one of the um, focuses. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it Othello? No, no, no. Um, no, no. It, it was 800, 800 days. days. Um, oh. Yeah. And we talked about Brechtian <laughs> theater. And I thought you meant like we were working on it for 800 well, yeah, days. Yeah, we were working on it for 800 days. Like, yeah. yeah, it was a long process. <laughs> that's, no, a, no, no. that's a lot, but yeah. okay. Uh, um, I get you want to really get your first one right. Okay, so Correct, correct, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, since then I've just kind of been into it and I've written a lot of papers on it. And it's now an area of focus, I guess. But, you know, restoration theater will always have my heart. <laughs> No, now, Tori, since you mentioned yeah. Brechtian, I gotta, right. I gotta do our first tangent of the episode, which is I don't think I've ever told either of you this. Well, okay. Mark, I think, might be aware. I used to play this game where <laughs> you'd write these movie summaries, cast them, and then they'd simulate the box office and you vote on the awards. And one of my favorite quotes, attempts at a bad movie, was an adaptation of Bertolt Brecht's Galileo, but directed by Baz Luhrmann and starring Kate Winslet as Galileo. With Leo as uh, 
I don't remember who Leo was in it. But Leo was like the person's like Galileo, you nut job. So it was like this would make a lot of money because it's Kate Winslet and Leo together again. Right. And it was like Eminem popped up at one point to rap in the middle of the movie about Galileo. Like do you like because like there's all those poems in Galileo. So Eminem right. was an yes, yeah, and it made of course made a fake 140 million dollars the box office and one best costume design at the uh... fake Oscars. <laughs> Well, that's my adventure. I love that you have this, like, RPG family (laughs) of, like, making movies. I'm sure we'll keep coming up on this podcast, because there are a lot of things I've done. One of my favorite things I did was, um, and I always wanted to finish it, was the first film I ever made. The first year I joined that game, I kind of just wrote, like, a paragraph for everything, right? Because it was like, this is just a fun thing to do on the side. And I started really getting into it. So... The first thing I ever wrote was a paragraph-long thing called Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson versus the Loch Ness Monster, where it was just Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson playing themselves, a la This is the End, fighting the Loch Ness Monster. And it naturally got terrible reviews, but did well, because it was like in 2012, 2013, the, he, the, the height of the Chuck Norris meme and Liam Neeson meme back from Taken. So, made money. So, I made a sequel called Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson vs. The Abominable Snowman, where the joke of that was just I tried to make it an, like the most obnoxiously R-rated movie ever. Also got bad reviews. Also made a ton of money. So, I made a third one, which was Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson vs. Bigfoot, which was just kind of like, let's see if I can try to write an ending to this complete bullshit I've written up to this point. Same thing. Bad reviews. Good money. But then, this is what I'm proud of, okay? Franchise is over. But then... Friend, someone else playing the game who had their own B-movie franchise called Giant Spiders was like, do you want to do a crossover movie where Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson fight Giant Spiders? And I was like, okay. But at this point, I learned how to actually play this game and write it really well. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I wrote a very elaborate, like, it was a very long thing where it was like, it was a grindhouse triple feature where the first movie was about Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson. Then that ended on a cliffhanger. And then the second one was about all the other characters who'd popped up throughout these movies. So, like, Samuel L. Jackson showed up playing himself. Salma Hayek showed up playing herself. And the bad guy was Jamie Foxx in this one. Jamie Foxx was a new character. But anyway, so that was really good. Like, that ended up being, like, in people's top tens of the year because of how much effort I put into it. And then it became, like, weirdly enough, like an Oscar bait franchise for me afterwards, where the next three got nominated for a ton of Oscars and won a lot. Because I also put effort into writing the action scenes. Like, I would write out the choreography of the action scenes in it. And so the other ones were, the other crossover was Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson versus Santa Claus Ultimate Badass, which was another B-movie franchise in it, where Billy Bob Fordin was Santa Claus. And then finally, it was Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson versus the underworld which took it back to not being a crossover but now it was like because the end of chuck norris versus santa claus ultimate badass is that uh liam neeson gets killed by santa claus or the bad guy in santa claus i don't remember who and so chuck norris has to journey to the underworld to save him (laughs) obviously i'm really proud of of these movies and i'm really bummed i never got to finish them because the end of the last one was that jamie fox unleashed the ip from every other it was way before space jam 2 the IP from every other person in the game into it. And the way I was going to end it was, it's like he had, okay, he had a rift game. I'm sorry. This was such a big deal to me. And I want to talk about how it would have ended because I'm never going to finish it. Is that he opened a rift gate to um, the world of the movies. So like, you know, these characters from all of our movies came in. So like the Justice League in the world of our game would like come out and fight Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson in the next movie. So then... The next few movies were going to be like, they're fighting everyone else's characters in this game because everyone in this game wanted this to happen. But then they're like, how do we beat Jamie Foxx's army? We're overwhelmed. They're like, wait, 
what if we go through the Riftgate and set it to movies we've been in? But what would happen is, is Chuck Norris and Lee will walk through and they'd enter on the set of Chuck Norris and Lee Neeson versus the final movie. And so they'd find a, the Chuck Norris and Lee Neeson who are playing them currently. And they just keep going through the gate to get like the ones who are playing them in the scene they are in. And that would be the end is that like all these Chuck Norris and Lee Neesons who, you know, obviously infinitely, they just keep popping up because there'd always be a reality where they're shooting the scene they're in. <laughs> so Multiverse before was, it was cool. <laughs> Very much so. This was like 2015. This was before because right. I stopped playing the game when I went to college. Really. Right. So and, do these but, like do they still exist somewhere? These these movies? Yeah, like, actually, I tried to write a because the game still exists. I'm not playing this year. My thing with the game recently is I've uh, <laughs> I hate to be a little narcissist about it. And if any of them are listening to this podcast, they're gonna be like, "Danny, you piece of shit." I know for a fact I am the best writer in the game. Like, it's really just, like, a fact. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, okay, that's not true. Okay. I'm the best writer in the game who knows how to synthesize a fun blockbuster. There are other writers in the game who are really good at the drama stuff. There are other writers in the game that are good in general. Like, I'm not saying I'm the best overall, but the reason I say this is because the last year I played, which was during the pandemic, because I went back during the pandemic a bit, I released only four movies other people are releasing like 20 a year, okay? So I released only four movies. Of those four movies, I won 10 Oscars out of 22 that were open. Every movie I put out won two Oscars at least. One movie won five. I did not win Best Picture, but it's just that the quality of what I was putting out was like, there you go. And I don't, I'm really proud of some of my stuff in there. But yeah, as I was saying, I did try to write a new Chuck Norris and Liam Neeson when I returned to the game, which I was pretty proud of, but that one, and this version of the game bombed because the game has rebooted since uh, uh, high school. So it's like now it's bombing. So it's like, well, I can't finish it. Then if there's no actual like fake financial reason for me to continue. Mm-hmm. All just to say is Bertolt Brecht, Baz Luhrmann. When are we going to get that collab in real life? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what a that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to be honest. Um, I would just like to preface all of this by saying when we start talking about anything film related, I'm the one in this group today that does not have a film degree. <laughs> so, oh, you know, no. or any sort of focus in film. I was strictly theater. You know who Baz Luhrmann is, right? This well, isn't oh, just, yeah. it was me rant. Okay, good. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm yeah, not no, just no. ranting no. about Baz Luhrmann. I know, Luhrmann, I know right? like, like <laughs> overall things. It's just when it comes to like, okay. like, I'm just saying I didn't actually have any schooling in film like okay. i you know so that that's just my little um disclaimer there I, I, I play i used to play a game of writing with people who have no schooling in writing so it's <laughs> no i'm kidding i've <laughs> never put pen to paper a day in their lives <laughs> but yeah anyway um so tori though tell us about because yeah. this is a this is now just the life updates thing so <laughs> we kind of asked you about college but yeah. i want to ask you about your trip yes because i know you just came back from your trip i did um, yes I so I studied abroad in Ireland, um, all over the Republic of Ireland. It wasn't just a stationary place. Went from like Cork to Dingle to Dublin, all of that. Um, and I, I it was an Irish history course and an Irish theater course that I would like together, and it was an amazing experience. It was a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of late hours in very weird time zones. But I'm, I'm I, about to yeah. ask something incredible that could be incredibly stupid because I'm not sure if this person is Irish or Scottish. Okay. <laughs> and hopefully he's Irish. But did you study, I know not history, but Martin McDowell. Bon- Mac- is that how you say his name? We did not Mark. study that, but I, okay, yeah. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. You know um, 
Cool. Yeah. I was just wondering. I should Google right now if he's Irish or if I just said something offensive. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Did um, you say McDonough? Yeah, McDonough. McDonough. Oh, I he is you said Irish. McDowell, and I thought you were confusing him with um, Malcolm. McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Never mind. My brain went on a journey. Anyway, <laughs> I was just wondering if he was considered. I guess he's not history yet because he's still writing stuff. But, yeah, ours you know. ours was more up until the beginning of the 20th century when, like, the official, like, when Ireland officially got its independence. Uh, and have all of seen, that so have you seen obviously this has nothing to do with your trip ever than ireland but have you ever watched the secret of kells or like those yes. animated movies yes 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 i got to see the book okay. of kells oh so that's yeah. cool that's really yeah. cool it was really really cool i mean it's only like they switch the page every day and you know no pictures and you've got like four security guards ready to like tackle you if and, you remotely touch anything but and you know relevant to not well it is relevant to this podcast it's also relevant to my other podcast <laughs> Mark is the only person in this Discord right now who has not seen Taika Waititi in person. Oh, that was one of the happiest moments of my life. I would just like to say that the man is a legend and I cried. I'm not going to lie, I did. To be clear, as far as I'm aware, neither of us have actually met Taika. We've just been We've just in the same space. been in the same before. environment. <laughs> We've laid eyes on him, not a screen of him. Yes. I, I, I cried. When I saw him, I cried. Like, oh, yeah. I was shaking and sobbing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he in Ireland? He was. Um, I went to London for a little bit. Uh, I took two weeks afterwards, or two or three weeks, for like my own personal journeys after I was done with school. And I mean, yeah, if you're there, you gotta go to those well, stuff. We didn't you know, know like, what was happening. Right we were just walking oh. around, and oh, I, I just meant London. I just well, meant yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're there, but, you're going yeah, we were walking around, and we turned to the corner <laughs> after like getting a snack or something. I was with my mother, and I look up and I see these huge. Thor Love and Thunder just displays. I was like, what is happening? So we walked around and there's just security guards everywhere. They're like, yeah, it's the London premiere. And it was like 3 p.m. And we're like, we're staying. We're getting a spot and we're staying. <laughs> so that's what we did. So the rest did of the were world. you like, did you see any besides Taika? Taika? I know um, Natalie Portman yeah. was at that one. Natalie Portman. Else was. Um, Tessa Thompson was there. Um, I don't. Tessa? Yes. Oh, she is a goddess <laughs> and I love her. I love her so much. Is she. I mean, beautiful as always. She's never not. Um, but yeah, I think those are the main three that were there. She had a role in Thor 4. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was basically Tessa, Taika, and Natalie Portman were the big three that were there. Because I know that's where the... Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that viral video that uh, I think is very cringe, where it was at the premiere when someone right before they started it yelled out, like, how gay is this movie? And everyone just looked at Natalie Portman for some reason, and she just goes... Uh, uh, super gay. Super gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like everyone's like, how do you say that? I'm like, hey, I, feel, I feel more bad that she all people was put in that position. It's like, what? <laughs> well, didn't Taika, like, it? Didn't he, like, direct what? it to her? Like, someone was like, how gay is this movie? And Taika was just like, Natalie? <laughs> She's like, and it's uh... just like, why Natalie? <laughs> She's not gay. Like, what? <laughs> Taika, you've become the gay icon here. Why are you making Natalie <laughs> Portman? Tessa's right there, who is also. <laughs> like, it's uh, like, why are we asking Natalie Portman? That's too? a great question. <laughs> oh, <sighs> really cringe clip. But yeah, but yeah, overall, I mean, the trip was great. I went to Scotland. I went to York, which was amazing. If you and like anything Viking, that's the place to go. Um, I saw stuff at the Globe. I saw Much Ado About Nothing Ooh. at the Globe that they set in the 40s, which was really cool. Um, Probably was better than production I was in. Like the 40s in London? Mm -hmm. 
It was like World War II era London, kind of. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm like, no, 40s in, in, in New York. That's what they're doing at the Globe. Well, 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 no, no, I mean, it, it was, like, it was. Oh, man, gangsters, <laughs> guys oh. and dolls. No, but no, no. Of course, no. it's like during World War II or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, it was more like, like, like this. Oh, I'm a gangster. It's more, you know, like the soldiers coming home were coming home from World War II in their version instead of, you know, like oh, fighting. Cool. And, yeah, it was really cool. And my my favorite thing about that show and doing it is that I can say I played a role Denzel Washington played. That's really always nice. Hey, that's the pride. That's the pride that comes with that. I wanted to play Keanu's role, though. Keanu has the best role in that movie. He's so weird in what? that. I'm not going to get into that movie. I'm sorry. I think I'm not, Keanu, I, have, I love Keanu that movie. Don't get me wrong. Keanu is good in Much Ado About Nothing. I'm just, he, it's a good performance for a role that's always been written weird. Oh, yes. Like, that, oh, yes. He, he is good. Right. People want to hate him for that movie. Yeah. It's like, no. Oh, no, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I rewatch it all the time. It just, it gets me at the end when the messenger is coming and he's like, he's arrived in Mantua and he's literally right down his tails. It's like, he's right behind you. <laughs> oh. Anyways. Tori. Right. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask really quick before we go further um uh, maybe especially from like your recent ireland trip mm -hmm. like what are some deep cuts that you've really come to appreciate oh gosh oh gosh um well yeah specifically in ireland you know i mean a, a lot of us get the cliff notes version of like the irish history and what they've been through but really you you learn a lot about how it's still impacting their society and how it impacted their theater they did a oh gosh when was this it was after one of the um rebellions but they did a production of Othello that was in was it in Kilkenny it was in Ireland but it was at a very like tense time and it was a, almost like traitorous kind of situation uh but you learn about how they used theater in such an intense way just to like be themselves you know I mean just to find ways around mm -hmm. not fighting even though they fought a lot um, you know, when you say like the 1600s rebellion, you're like, which one? 1603, uh, 1641, <laughs> 1680. Um, I'm trying to think deep cuts though. Oh gosh, that's a tough question. There's so many. Mark, you should have sent a, a what do you call it? A briefer, a flyer? What's it called? Come a on, Mark, warning just... that I was going to ask. You mean... Yes, there's an official word for it. A warning. Right. No, not a oh, warning. Are you talking Sorry. about a memo? <laughs> No, there's a Maybe word a memo. <laughs> it's like it's like it's a memo. When you send the talent something before they come on for an interview, like a side, like a press brief. I don't know. A briefing. I don't... I know these are the words I'm looking for. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna go with memo. We're just gonna leave it at that. Well, well. If if you if you think of one, if you think of one, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, there's there's so many time yeah. periods of history where there's just yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the only way I can yeah, think to describe yeah. it. Um, yeah. If I think of one, I'll I'll jump in. So, uh, Mark, what's your life update? I don't have a life update. I'm just doing work. Mark is alive. Shows. Mark I finished. I finished one show. I'm doing another show. About to do another show. Um, Didn't you literally do really... a show right before now? Like right before coming on? Well, that was a different show. I'm in oh. two like corporate shows. I just completed a little local theater Shakespeare, and now I'm about to do another like the local theater. If you're wondering why I'm, I'm giggling about... is because when you said corporate, I immediately imagined you, like, controlling the Olaf puppet in the Frozen what? musical. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Like, is this just code like you're working for Disney and you can't say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, I just, I just say it like that because it's like you're, you're playing a character for, like, a corporate party. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, it's not like you go to a corporate party and you are the character. 
although that is a fine way to make money, th like what I do is it's more like we have an event kind of thing and people send people to us for like team building. Mm. And then they go to like the, we they go downtown New York and we kind of like guide them through a series of quests and um, things like that. It's not like the Stranger Things experience. It's kind of a, its own thing. You don't work but, for the mouse. I don't <laughs> work for the mouse. Not yet. Can you imagine? Like, there are so... It's crazy to me that, you know, we're... I know a lot of actors who are, like, just kind of taking whatever jobs and, and stuff like that. And at any moment, one of us could work for the mouse. And we'd be that person that, we'd like... We'd have to cancel this podcast you work for the mouse, because then you'd become affiliated with the, co yeah. the company of, uh... <laughs> no, exactly. It's or we crazy. at least have to add a disclaimer where you're like, this does not reflect the opinions of the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> <laughs> the intro is I'd just going to have to be like, I'm Danny Vincent, and this is redacted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll modify your voice to be high. Okay? Not low. It needs to go higher. <laughs> yeah. What's your life update, yeah. Danny? Thanks. Yeah, Danny. Uh, well, at this point, the yeah, time this episode's out, um, the final Why Is with Ty and Dan will have been released. Uh, I recorded it last night, and you know what this means? It means that I can do Marvel tangents now on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I got away from that. Oh, no. Well, no, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Tyler, listen to that episode. It's a really great episode mm -hmm. we put out. It covers Miss Marvel and Thor Love and Thunder. Also, we talk about Inside Lewin Davis in the Sasquatch documentary. It's just, it's a good up, a good send off. And, you know, I'm really proud of what I did over there. That was my first podcast. But around the end of the episode, we start talking about the Comic Con announcements of Marvel stuff. And I wanted to drop a take on here that I wasn't able to last night because, well, one, by the end of our recording, we wanted to wrap it up quick. But also, I wanted to drop this take on, because we didn't really talk about the Black Panther 2 trailer on my podcast. And I was at Cedar Point this weekend, which I realized is probably a much more interesting detour than the one I'm currently taking would be to talk about Cedar Point. Uh, but I went with my friend Carson, and uh, we started talking, because he's one of my friends from, like, early in the movies, really into talking about box office. And a lot of box office people are talking, like, you know, Marvel recently is going down a bit in numbers, and I think that will be the same for Black Panther 2. And I'm like, we both think, like, that's kind of crazy, because I feel like Black Panther does not exist really within the MCU. Well, no, no. I think Black Panther's fan base transcends the MCU. People who go see Black Panther aren't necessarily going to go see Doctor Strange and Thor. Black Panther's so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I want to drop my take on here now that I've become pretty confident on both after the trailer and realizing, hey, you know what? Ryan Coogler probably made a good movie, which is that if this movie is good, I actually think it will make more than the first Black Panther. Which is saying a lot, because the first Black Panther movie made $700 million at the box office. Yeah. Mainly because I think, well, one, I think the trailer is really good. And I know we can't be like, ooh, the trailer's good, and that must mean the movie's good, because that's been, <laughs> we've been heard so many times in the past, and that's things like, like that. always wrong. <laughs> but I think the trailer, uh, I think people want to grieve, and I think it looks like the movie is actually going to try to do mm -hmm. that in a way that does not feel cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if the movie pulls that off while still making an entertaining movie, it's going to be a movie people want to see multiple times just so they can feel something. Did you know, um, did you know they left the number one space on the call sheet blank during filming? I did see that. Yeah. And it's, I saw that I, in my view I, I, and I, I cried. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I, that's, 
Mark, did you ever watch the trailer for that? I know. I assume Tori said that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I did. Yeah. I think I, you might have sent it to me. But, um, yeah, I think I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll probably I told go you to see Black Panther, too. I mean, I my thought from that was really, like... I mean, I really enjoyed Black Panther. Um, Black Panther had a lot of, like, fantastic actors in supporting roles. So now it gets to be their movie. And you get to watch, like, really great actors just do their thing so it's not like i remember saying know, after yeah. the trailer came out to someone it was like you know angela bassett was in black panther and in uh, mission impossible fallout and this trailer already uses her better than either of those did. that is true <laughs> and she only has one line but it's a line that just like i yeah, just stabbed myself in the gut yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the one time i tangent to marvel so oh, sure i just wanted to have that on the record because i want to put the thing out there because i feel like there's a lot of trepidation with predicting big stuff for marvel these days just because i feel like a lot of the marvel stuff has been kind of disappointing to general audiences or divisive and i'd like um, it on the record that danny just said that's the one time he's gonna go on a marvel tangent um well at least yeah. in this segment where i talk about my life updates <laughs> i'm sure there's so many segments <laughs> shall so, we play some games all right Tori. oh no <laughs> So, our first, well, first, we will explain, are we going to do it competitively, Mark, or do you want to just be, well, Tori, do you want to play the letterbox game competitively, or would you like to use Mark as a phone a friend? Oh, please, please be a phone a friend. <laughs> please, for the love okay. of God. Okay. Okay. So, the letterbox game, on letterbox, they have semi-recently, and I will stop adding any um, modifier to the sentence, but semi-recently they've added a feature that shows you what film is algorithmically most related to the film you just watched. The letterbox game is, I will give a movie, um, a movie, sorry, I will give five movies <laughs> that are the first five movies listed, and you have to guess the game. The movie, you have to guess the movie. God, I'm so tired. Um... What I do remove is any movie from the same director is removed and any movie from the same franchise is removed from the top five. After two guesses, I'll give you the year the movie came out. Then after, sorry, after that, you'll get two additional movies after the next two guesses, then you lose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. It, is it, could it be from the same studio? Just yes. not the same franchise and director. Yes. Gotcha. Cool. Now, when we do this with guests, sometimes I'll do something special, but right now we're going to do the same rules we do with Kevin which is just, these are the movies I've seen the last month that we haven't done yet for this game, because we did this for the game already. Even though you're, you haven't played it before, our listeners will have already, because the listeners, I presume, like to play along. These will be the three highest grossing films I've watched in the last month. The one movie that will not be included, even though probably would not have qualified, is A Bug's Life, because obviously we're talking about that this week. So, are you ready for your first movie? In the letterbox. Sure. Three movies, three rounds. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. So, your movies are Deadpool 2, Spider-Man No Way Home, The Suicide Squad, Venom Let There Be Carnage, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Weird that Suicide Squad's <laughs> Um... I'm I'm so bad with my Marvel directors, like remembering who directed what. So I'm probably gonna say things that have been directed by. It. So it's not. It's nothing. So if you want me to tell you who these directors are, the directors are David Leitch, John Watts, right. James Gunn, mm -hmm. Andy Circus, and Peyton Reed. Okay. Okay. Now, if you don't remember the other directors, no, 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 no. That that that's not gonna that, help. That, that gives much. that 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 does help. Um. This is a bad first guess, but just to get me somewhere, it's not. 
um, it's not Avengers Endgame. It is not That's Avengers what I figured, Endgame. yeah. You don't get any help, though. No, no, no. Although Avengers Endgame, we've been adding this now, Avengers Endgame is in the top 25. It is in the top 25 for this one. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on every movie that's kind of... It's... Is it, is it... I thought at some points you said like TV shows in the past, but it's all movies, right? It can be a TV okay. show, but what I will say now is that if a TV show is one of the options, I give that okay. disclaimer okay. at the beginning. Okay. So you can assume it's not a TV gotcha. show. Gotcha, gotcha, fair. Um, also, I did say you are getting the three highest grossing films. Yeah, So that you've watched. <laughs> TV shows don't make money, as far as that's I know. That's true, that's true. You did say it, I'm sorry. I was still... I was already yeah, yeah, thinking you're okay. ahead. You're okay. I'm going to put out Thor Love and Thunder because I know you've watched that recently. You are correct. It's Thor Love and Thunder. I, because I just, uh, <laughs> I, okay. So I have not, we haven't reached the MCU movie yet on this. Mm-hmm. So dang it. I realized actually as soon as you guys were like calling me out, like, oh, this is what I'm going to Marvel going to I was like, oh, shit. I have this lined up. <laughs> no, but that helps me because uh, I'm more Marvel inclined sometimes. So that that's good. What I we've never dropped this disclaimer before because we haven't had an MC movie before, but in the case of cinematic universes, in my mind, I look at who's in Thor: Love and Thunder, and those movies are considered part of the franchise. So right. obviously, every Thor movie is removed, but also every Guardians movie would be removed. Uh, and in this case, I removed Thor: Ragnarok, Avengers: Infinity War, because mm-hmm. Thor's in mm-hmm. it, and Guardians: of The Galaxy Two. Makes sense. What I think is interesting here is uh, I'm going to say the movies just out of curiosity. I think this is fascinating. The movies in the top 25 that are not Marvel or DC movies. I think this is just an interesting thing. Yeah. Is Thunder Force, which would have been your uh, actually your number seven if you made it that far. Hmm. Like that would have been your seventh movie you got after Justice League, amusingly enough. Uh, but Thunder Force, Free Guy, Ghostbusters 2016, and The Lost City. Those are the only ones that aren't superhero movies in the top 25. Interesting. Yeah, and since Captain America does not show up in Thor: Love and Thunder, Free Guy would still have been qualified. Right. But anyway, yeah. So it was Thor: Love and Thunder. Mark, did you think it was Thor: Love and Thunder? No, no. I mean, <laughs> no. that was was impressive. I I think I would have gotten to seven and heard the word thunder and then been like, oh yeah. I have to imagine when I said twenty twenty two, you would have been like, yeah. oh, it's either Doctor Strange or Thor. Well, that's what my like I said, my <laughs> next guess was gonna be think. Thor: Love and Thunder, and then when you were like, not in the last month, then I was like, wait, timelines, past month, hang on. <laughs> like, well, no, it actually did come out in the past. No, month, no, no, I know, but that's where my I, I just yeah. didn't want to answer that because no, I, I would have been way too big of a hint. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you ready for round two? Oh gosh, sure. All right, round two. Here we go. The Lego Movie, Wreck It Ralph, Ice Age, Finding Nemo, How to Train Your Dragon. First guess is Kung Fu Panda. No, and Kung Fu Panda is not in the top twenty-five. Dang. Okay. Um. Could you? Re- I should rewatch Kung Fu Panda though. That's a movie yeah. that's always been like on my rewatch list because I have not seen it. Since I watched it so I could see Kung Fu Panda 2 in theaters. I don't need to watch 3 because I saw 3 in college and I was kind of like, mm, it's okay. Mm. But I think I'd like the other two more now. You mm-hmm. know? See, my instinct wants to go towards a Lego movie, but if it's only one on the list, there, there's only one Lego movie on the list. I don't think that that's... Well, Lego, if I I said the Lego movie, that means Lego movie 2 and Lego Batman right. are Right, that, that makes sense. And technically Lego Ninjago as well, but why would I watch Lego Ninjago? <laughs> valid point. <laughs> Very valid. For your rewatch for Lego Batman, what are you talking about? you got to watch Lego Ninjago. Or, I mean, maybe that came out later. I'm so confused right now. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so- um, okay. Wreck-It Ralph, Fighting Nemo. Oh, gosh. Um, 
oh my gosh I've, everything i can think of is in one of those franchises <laughs> that's like those are the movies that are coming to mind um yeah i guess i'm looking at it. all these have sequels yeah um although i would wait, ask why would i wait, ever watch an ice wait. sequel <laughs> why would I? yeah that's fair um i'm also trying to think you have have you rewatched luca again <laughs> no and luca is not in the top 25 so you, now you get the year okay the year is 1995. Oh, wow. Yeah, that helps. Wow. Uh, <laughs> movies I've seen the last month. Yeah. Oh, um. Oh, my gosh. Did you post about I feel like you post. I feel like you post everything you see. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think I actually posted this Did you not post this one? one? Okay. Can I, can I phone so. a friend and Mark? Do you have any hints or ideas? Are you are you on any sort of wavelength? I do, but if I give you a hint, you're gonna get it. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I guess. <laughs> no, 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 no. That wasn't like. That wasn't like. Of some a phone a friend, but like. Yeah. No, that wasn't like angry. Like, how dare you? It was more just like, I got you. I got you. Do you want to? Do you want to say your phone up front until you get to round seven of this? You know what I mean? Yeah, like the yeah, yeah, next yeah. two movies. So it's still for out a guess now. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I'm trying to like even think of a guess. Um, <laughs> ah, why is this so difficult? Um, I'm I'm blanking. I am so blanking. Um, just name an old animated movie. An old animated movie. <laughs> I hate to be like this. Um, just name an old animated movie. It's Disney, movie. so it's not. It's I don't know if it, but like let's go Little Mermaid. Not Little yeah. Mermaid, and Little Mermaid is not in the top twenty-five. Gotcha. So your next film you get, I don't think this is going to help nope. that much. Is uh, if, maybe the next one after might. I don't know if it will or not. The next one after might help, but the one you get right now is Wreck It Ralph 2 Ralph Breaks the <laughs> Wow. So that does not help at all. <laughs> oh my god. Can I give one hint? I say it. Actually, wait. I can get. Can if I give you a want hint? One. Can I give a hint? Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Because I just realized that. Looking at this, I actually think Ralph Breaks the Internet, I should not say. I think Ralph Breaks the Internet actually does not qualify for this. So instead, I'm going to give you the next film, which is Monsters, Inc. But that only counts as your next yeah. guess. Because Ralph Breaks the Internet actually does not qualify. In that, this. okay. And that is a kind of big hint, I feel like. But I feel like it's is a fair it? hint to get because you're ready, you're, ready, you're ready to call Mark. You're ready to call yeah. Mark and give, Mark was going to give you the answer. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure actually Ralph Breaks the Internet does not qualify Gosh. for the parameters I gave you. This. so instead you get monsters i get monster sink okay is it wally no it's not wally so your final film and when i say the final yeah. film i will afterwards i recap everything to the listeners at home so so your final film is the incredibles so the movies you have are the lego movie wreck it ralph ice age finding nemo how to train your dragon monsters inc Incredibles. This is a film from 1995, and Ralph Breaks the Internet, weirdly enough, does not qualify for this, even if Wreck-It Ralph does. Hmm. And if you need one extra hint before you go to Mark, I have one extra hint for you, too. Okay. Do you need that extra hint? I feel so dumb, but yes. <laughs> if I really want to be technical about it, Finding Nemo is also disqualified from this. In which case, your next one would be home, which isn't going to help you much. Yeah. But if I want to be really technical about this, Finding Nemo is also disqualified. Oh, gosh. Um... Your hints are confusing me. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but you're, like, giving well, me new knowledge. you can still phone a friend, but I, would like... Like, I, I, want you, I want you to guess one more time, Tori. I've given you so many hints. Guess um... one more time. 
Danny is undermining my phone a friend authority. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm more and more unsure. Fine, you can call him. I don't care. Um, um you're not gonna answer the question if I ask it. So um <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, 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 oh. Um it's a toy story. Yeah, it's Toy Story. Why did that take me so long to figure out? I am ashamed. So, to clarify for the listeners, Ralph Breaks the Internet does not qualify because Buzz Lightyear has a cameo in it. And then I remembered, technically in Finding Nemo, you can see a kid playing with uh, Buzz Lightyear yeah. toy. So that technically would disqualify it too. Uh, That's and then you evil. Have, and then Toy Story. Well, I was just saying technically. So the ones I had to remove otherwise were Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 2, A Bug's Life, and Cars. Because all those are from director John Lasseter. Yeah. Also, I was being nice to you when I said Incredibles because the next film that was lined up was Lego Movie 2. I just like, I'm right. not going to give her another right. Lego Movie because it's not going to yeah. happen. Oh my gosh, yeah. The Lego... But yeah. you got it! Hey. You got it! <laughs> Mark, what were you going to say? I'm just kind of baffled that, like, <laughs> I mean, it's you, in, your, in your mind, in this entire universe, this there is one universe in which there are talking toys, there are talking fish, what's there are talking video games. These are all in the same okay, universe, okay, but therefore they're in the same you know, franchise. Technically, for Ralph Brixera is not a toy. He is a character from a movie on a social media movie site. That is being portrayed by the actor. It's not. It's not the man that the toy is based upon. It's the online browsing game that the t- that is based off a toy that is based off a movie. Can I ask what your hint was going to be, Mark? I, well, I had two hints. So the first was all of these movies were CGI animated or computer animated, and the second hint was going to be you asked at the beginning, "Can it be a movie from the same studio?" And I would have just reminded you about that. Yeah. And I think that would have well, because like, I, although I think you were you were like getting there with Wally. Mm-hmm. The only reason I threw yeah. out like a specifically Disney movie at any point was because I literally had no guesses in my head. Like I was like, I know what studio we're leaning towards. I know exactly what studio. Yeah. I can't think of anything in my brain right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So now it'll be round three. I will say very conveniently for this. Um, I will not have to jump around. Like, well, technically, this is here. <laughs> I won't have to do that. <laughs> all right. So, all right. You ready? Sure. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. The Lego Batman movie. The Lego movie. And Raya and the Last Dragon. Hmm. Yeah, my face matches Mark's. Just so we're clear. <laughs> um... <laughs> Raya. Danny just watches a lot of cartoons. Raya and the Last the host Dragon. of a cartoon podcast. There's a, a cartoons. lot of cartoons. Huh? <laughs> so many cartoons. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon, in the same breath as anything Lego, just feels feels very well, weird. Yeah, it's it's a shame because Lego movies are so much better than that. So, so the Lego movies. I'm, I, I'm not going to say my opinions on the Lego movies. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, you should have been on last week where I revealed to Mark the Lego movie is my fourth favorite movie of all time. Fourth? Yeah. Oh, Danny. Yeah. Oh, man. You're going to have, in like two weeks, you're going to, we reveal our top ten lists of like all-time movies, and it is a zinger. Oh, gosh. Um, Although, again, disclaimer, all that jazz I did just watch two weeks ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, okay. 
Hmm. It's not all that jazz. This is not all it's that not jazz. All jazz. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. randomly. It's not randomly a live action Bob Fosse drama. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It'd be extremely funny if it was. Can you list the first two again that were on the five? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. Okay. It's not Encanto. It's not Encanto. That's a good guess. Uh, Encanto, weirdly enough, is not in the top twenty-five, but I think that's a fair guess. Okay. This is, this is not right either, but we're just going to throw it out there. <clears throat> Moana. No, not nope. Moana. Moana is also not in the top 25. That makes sense. All right. So I'm going to tell you the year, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you right now, the year is going to help you more than the additional movies, okay? Like, the year is 2022. 2020. Oh, so recent, recent. Um, why am I forgetting everything that came out this year? I mean, because you're overseas. That's true. <laughs> like, that is true. <laughs> I was like, I was not watching any podcast. sort of cinema. You're movies. Um, I don't know why my brain was going TV. Sh- it's not. Um, Buzz Lightyear. No, we actually covered Buzz Lightyear on this uh, game before, um, but that is a fair guess. And uh, Buzz Lightyear is not in the top twenty-five. Your next film is How to Train Your Dragon Two. Okay. Does not help that much, no. Um. I feel like you've covered this before too, but maybe not. Is it Turning Red? No, and we actually haven't done Turning Red in this oh, game yet because I haven't rewatched. I it just know you've like you like it. <laughs> all right, so I will give you the last film that I need to reread all the films for the listeners at home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last film is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Um. Um. Wait, let me recap. Let me okay, recap sorry, sorry. Up. I had a guess. Continue, so, please. Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden mm-hmm. World, The Lego Batman Movie, The Lego Movie, Ride and the Last Dragon, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And it's from 2022. Is it the Chippendale movie? That's a fair guess, too. It is not. Mark, do you want to hazard a guest? I guess. Between Lightyear and the Chippendale movie, those are both where my brain was going, too. All right. So well, I, I have to, like, think of other movies. Came. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, I might. Um, The Bad Guys? No. Oof. Mark is wrong, too. Now, I will reveal it by giving a... I will still say it. Mm-hmm. I want to say the hints I would have given. I would point out that most of these are sequels. Um, I would point out to Mark that we've talked about this movie on this podcast before. And Tori, if you're up to date, the episode we talked about this is already out at the time of this recording. Uh, and I'd point out that uh, a month ago was July 4th, which means any field trip I went at work in July... Would have been in the last month, which means this is Minions of the Rise of Gru. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I uh, forgot the Minions movie came out. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did have to remove the first Minion movie in Despicable Me 2. Mm. Weirdly enough, the other Despicable Me's are not at the top <laughs> of the list. It's only Minions and Despicable Me 2. Right. Despicable Me 1 comes in at number... 12 and Despicable Me 3 comes in at 23. So I don't understand that part of the algorithm. Right. But, and I also thought this was tough because weirdly enough, there's no Illumination film up here. Hmm. You still got Toy Story. So, there's nice that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those were we all very good Story. guesses. My guesses are usually not good. Yeah, I thought well, the Encanto guess was very good. Yeah. And when you said Chippendale, I was like, oh, that's a really good guess. Like, now I'm curious about Chippendale's. Uh, right. Algor- well, okay, here's the thing with Chippendale. I'm not going to look it up, but if Roger Rabbit is in the first five on that, that's really weird. Right. You know? Now I'm just going to look at Roger Rabbit's <laughs> on it. But, Mark, you can start our game, your game if you'd like. 
while I well, look up right. the uh, Chippendale um, movie. So my, my game is Game of Lists, um, and earlier episodes it was a game where we tried to, like, All right, cutting you off. Roger Rabbit's not in the top five for Chippendale. What the heck? Sorry. <laughs> That's why, right. like, the Letterboxd game is, like, it, it must have, like, layers to what is going on and what it recommends you. Roger Rabbit is number nine. Do you guys want to know what the five for Chippendale are out of curiosity, or should we just save it for another episode in the future? Because I rewatched Chippendale. I feel like you have, since you brought it up, you have to mention yeah. it now. Alright, so the top five would have been Scoob, Tom and Jerry, Hoodwinked, Emperor's New Groove, I feel like that one makes sense, and the third Spongebob movie... And then the rumors up are Spider-Man to Spider, which I feel pops up for every animated movie. And Teen Titans go to the movies. I feel like Teen Titans go to the movies and Emperor's New Groove are the only two that make sense yeah. here, really. I was like, why? I guess Hoodwinks I can see. It's I, yeah, Hoodwinks would have pop actually up. been the reason I guessed Chippendale, because it has the same, the similar vibe. Mm-hmm. I guess Scooby makes sense because it's a mystery. Sorry, Mark. I, well, I was, again. I, it's like, whatever, Game of, game of Lists, it has been that I pick a list of movies and then we guess where movies are on that list. Right now, I'm more like, I just pick a list of movies and then I ask questions that I want to about that list. Okay. So, this week, we're talking about Bugs Life. Bugs Life is partly an adaptation of The Magnificent Seven, which is itself an adaptation of Akira Kurosawa's film, A Seven Samurai. Akira Kurosawa also directed three films which were set in Japan, but they were influenced by Shakespeare. So, oh, that's okay. what I'm bringing in today. Yes, we got there. It was a little bit of a roundabout thing, but that's where, where what I'm bringing in is the list of Kurosawa's Shakespeare adaptation. Is there so, really a list that like, outright says, here are the three films, and it's a list on Wikipedia? It's like, hey, three look, movies. <laughs> look, Danny. <laughs> You're really committed to the name of my segment. I am much more committed to like. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up my Wikipedia username and add an article list of Kurosawa Shakespeare updates. It's gonna be three movies. Sorry. Okay. All right. So Danny, you have found the first question. You don't have to pick the names of the Kurosawa movies, but which are the three Shakespeare plays that he adapted? And I'm wait, 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 am I up on a friend or am I competitive? Tori, what Well, is that's it? up to Tori, but I will say, I will say that I tailor these to be not, like, obscure. Mm-hmm. So, we can like, do competitive. Example, this one, if you could, yeah, okay. if, if you can name three big-time Shakespeare plays, then you'll be pretty alright. Okay. And if you have, like, that level of knowledge, I'd say you'd be pretty good with a lot Do we get a questions. point each for each one we get right first? The points, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give you points. Don't worry about okay. how. Can I can I give give the first one? You can give can the I, first point. The first no no. Can I get the first point because I know the answer? Unless Tori wants to cut me off and say it first because she's the guest and she can do that. Danny, you're so good. Oh first. okay okay. Um, After that together. one, I'd actually be lost. I only really know one off the top of my head. I'm gonna go basic of basic. Sorry if either of you like this one, but Hamlet. Correct. I didn't Hamlet know the Hamlet. Warm. What's the Hamlet one? What's it titled? Hamlet is uh, the bad sleep well. It's Hamlet set in an office. Oh. And it's also based on... I, I had I, no idea that existed. I'm, yeah, it's not one of his better-known ones. It's Hamlet set in an office, and apparently it's also got some kind of Monte Cristo. I kind of, like, watched it in a blur a long time ago. Yeah. But it's, it's not one of his better-known ones. But um, it is interesting I, because it has... I will say one interesting thing about it. So, you know, in Hamlet, there's the play where he, like, shows that he knows what the king did in The Bad Sleep Well. I think what happens is someone is, like, thrown out of a window... In this that's office exciting. building. Yeah, I think that's what happens. But so they bring out this giant cake 
of the office building, and there's like a red rose on the window where the guy got thrown out. Huh. Um, so yeah. Also, no disrespect to Hamlet by any means. I just am so sick and tired of reading it as a theater historian. I've I've about hit my limit of how many times I've had to read Hamlet. Um. Oh right. no! Yeah, I'm, we're all there with you. So I'm really glad Tori got two more. Really glad. Well, I'm gonna say the one I know, but I'm preface it with saying I'm really glad Tori guessed Hamlet because if she'd guessed Macbeth before I could say it, I would have been so mad because that's the one I know. Throne of Blood is Macbeth. It's Correct. The one Throne I... of Blood is Macbeth said in Samurai Ooh. Times. Now Tori actually got the probably the most obscure one on the list of films that he adapted. And I don't know um, the next one, so now we're just going to be guessing Shakespeare plays. So. <laughs> I mean, you you, you kind of got with the plays that he pulls from. Mm-hmm. Just uh, you got you got the kind of the theme here. Um, what's what's the third one? What's a big Shakespeare play? I've been reading so many comedies. I'm trying to think back to the tragedies. <laughs> um, I don't. For me, this is a mainstream Shakespeare play, but I don't know if it's the same for everyone. King Lear. Oh, right. I knew King Lear. Oh, oh my I gosh. didn't know too. Okay, wow. yeah, because right. I've seen Not that one. Did... I, King Lear's the only no. one I've seen. I've, I've seen the King Lear adaptation. Sorry, That's go on. Yeah, well, so, yeah, you got the obscure one and uh, the King Lear, which is Ron, which means... It, I'm so mad that I said I only knew one. I'm so Because um, <laughs> yeah. I've seen Ran. <laughs> yeah, those were the three movies that uh, Kira Kurosawa adapted from Shakespeare, um, which were Hamlet, Macbeth, and Ron. Well, Throne of Blood, The Bad Sleep Well, and Rock. King Lear. Um, King Lear, that's right. <laughs> um, all right. So, next question. Uh, of these movies, which, at the time, was the most expensive Japanese film ever made? Do we? Are we doing this where we both lock in our guests and you just say which one of us is right? Man, I don't know. Talk about it. If you win, what do you get? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to clap for you. Say, saying I know more about movies than Tori, who came on here immediately this is, prefaced everything. I don't know I was going to say, that's Sorry. just like, that's like kicking a puppy lists. and being like, yay! Get out! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I, I don't know. It's I'm, I hate being tied to the title of the game. Really, it's just I want to slowly morph it into like, how can I tell people about Japanese mm-hmm. film history through trivia? Mm-hmm. Um that we're finding the inroads. But anyway, of these three adaptations, which was the most expensive Japanese I'm pretty production? sure I know, so I want Tori to guess. I, okay. so, unfortunately, I don't know much about, like, Japanese movies. But I'm going to go from the Shakespeare side of things and say that yes. I feel like Please the do. two that people would immediately guess would be is Hamlet and Macbeth because they're really, really popular. And, I mean, King Lear is too, but I feel like out of the three, that's the one that people who don't know Shakespeare maybe can't name <laughs> as well. So I feel like it's a weird throw-in loop. I'm gonna say King Lear, or whichever one was the. Was that the? You said King Lear was. Wait, what? What? Your? I thought your lodge. Sorry. No, I'm going. I'm going backwards in the fact that like I feel like Hamlet and Macbeth is what you would expect the answer to be. So I'm gonna go do reverse Uh, psychology here and go. I don't remember what the Japanese name for the King Lear one was. I'm. It's Ron. 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 Yeah. Um, Uh, And I'm gonna say Ron because I've seen Ron. It's a gorgeous movie, and I know it came out at the end of Akira Kurosawa's career, pretty much, where he had a blank check for a lot of things, and a lot of foreign investors, too, that were willing to pay for it. So I'm going to go with Ron as well, because I've seen that movie, yes. and it's gorgeous. <laughs> Ron is correct. Ron has full-scale battles with, like, multiple armies going at it with all live extras. And also, I chose this list because of how you would reason things out with Shakespeare knowledge. It's totally not about, like, Japanese film knowledge. One, but that's one it. Last... If you've seen Ron, you would 
probably instantly know that's oh, yeah. the right answer. Oh, I'm gonna go watch these movies now. You guys have given me some some reading or some watching. I need to, to watch do. Throne of Blood still. I actually well, think I, really I like kind Throne of wondered Blood. if you had seen maybe like Throne of Blood as it's something. It's kind of like oh, you just like watch Shakespeare adaptations. I've heard of it, movies, but I've never watched you know. it. But I knew of it. Yeah. So. My last question is kind of deviating, but it's still talking about lists. So we're going to go back to Rotten Tomatoes for a moment. Uh, they have a list of the highest rated Shakespeare adaptations. Ron is number two. What is number one of all Shakespeare adaptations? I'll give you a hint. It... Number one is not Laurence Olivier's Hamlet. Good, because that wasn't good to guess. Well, this is something to think about. guess right now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with because I actually think this might be wrong because it might be too popular to be number one because that's really how some it movies super popular. It actually has more of a chance to have negative people. But I'm gonna go with original West Side Story, like the original West Side Ooh. Story, because that was you know sold as its Romeo and Juliet adaptation. So I'm gonna go with that. That's interesting. That's not my. That's not my answer. But okay, so I that's not the answer. So, uh, that's not the answer. So let me change it. <laughs> Your reason that because that's kind of like a deep adaptation. This is like Shakespeare adaptations, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, no, in that case, and if you told me that, I would guess something else. Can I guess something else then? Because I assumed you meant any type of thing. Because Ron is no, no more guesses. You're done. You're muted for the next five, five minutes. <laughs> no, you get you, you have another guess. Um. Okay. Well, Tori, you can guess first if you want. Mm. Um. Well, you know what? First no, I'm gonna go wacky. And I'm also going to shout one out to Tori and say, you know what? I think it's better, easier to get positive grades on a comedy than a drama. And I think that most people do look at Branagh's Much Ado as the gold standard of that play. So I'm going to go with Branagh's Much Ado, being pretty well aware that I'm probably wrong. But YOLO. <laughs> wait! Wait, can I change it one more time? I'm sorry. I'm yes. stupid. I forgot that Branagh made a Hamlet. I'm going with Branagh's Hamlet. Tori, you want to reason anything out here see i'll give you a hint you're basically choosing the most well-reviewed brana movie ah uh, yeah that sounds about right um i'm gonna see i i think th can you tell her what the brana movies are in case no she no no i know oh, i know them. oh yes. you know them okay, okay. sorry <laughs> i love bad. kenneth brana um see i want to go where you're going danny and go with hamlet but i'm also kind of thinking of the he did an othello which was Really, really, really good. Oh, but much ado is I'm. See, that's actually not where I'd go. My my runner up personally right now is Henry Five. Henry Five, yeah. That's my runner up because I feel like that'd be one that people at the time were really positive on because they were surprised by it because it was his first one. So that'd be my runner up to Hamlet personally. You know what? This is my bizarre phone in front, even I'm though gonna I'm like, I... <laughs> competing against you. <laughs> I'm gonna steal your original and I'm gonna go with the much ado. Okay. Although I do think the tragedy well... might be more likely. Go ahead. Well, a very, very good reasoning. So Hamlet is number three, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Then Ron is number two, and the number one was Henry V. Oh, that makes sense. Because I, I so do think it's go. very much that, like, we're surprised by how good, like, you know, like, it's the arrival of a new talent. Right. Thing. That makes sense. It's all right. Thank I still want to go with Hamlet. Yeah. No, I understand completely. <laughs> it's, it's fair. But yeah, thank you guys for playing the game of lists. Tori, you won. Yes. So, Thank yeah, you for going I, for Shakespeare. That made me sweat a little less. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not gonna like give you some nonsense. No, no, no. I know. I know. All right. Um. So wanna... we have now reached our topic of conversation. It's a bug's life. 
the second film by the Pixar Animation Studios. Now, Tori, mm-hmm. before we really get into the movie, we want to ask you, what is your experience with Pixar as a whole? Not really, what is your takes on Pixar? We're not asking, like, what's your favorite Pixar right. movie? We're asking you, like, what are your yeah. takes on just them as an entity in culture and in your life? So, More your oh, life. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so it's really weird. I watched a lot of Pixar movies when I was really, really, really young. And I still watch a lot of them, but I unfortunately kind of switched over to Disney at some point in my childhood and started watching a lot more Disney movies. I don't know if that was a choice in my house. I don't know. Um, I just know that I watched a lot of Pixar when I was little and then kind of switched. But then once, you know, the merging kind of happened, then I, I definitely was back on the Pixar train. I never did. I never stopped watching Pixar movies. My focus just kind of shifted. But yeah, Pixar will always be like the introduction to animated movies from my childhood. Like some of the first movies I ever saw ever as like a human on this planet were Pixar movies. And do you remember like maybe what what those first few Mm -hmm. were? Oh, well, and I was, yeah, because I'll talk about it when we go to Bugs Life was actually the first movie Pixar movie I saw was Bugs Life. Um, Because I had a, a family friend bought a copy of it on VHS for me, for my family as like a gift after, I mean, I was like two, maybe um, like one or two. And that's the first movie that I remember. And there's a home video of me sitting in front of the TV with the guy, the family friend who brought the gift watching A Bug's Life. So that's, it's like one of my first actual memories that I have of Pixar movies. And when would you say you uh, got off the Pixar wagon, just out of curiosity, like I yeah. know you won't really know exactly, like, but when did you, like, stop, like, because mm-hmm. you said you switched over, so at some point you were like, Toy Story's just okay, yeah. you know what I, I, I just assumed, yeah, like, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I I think it was, it was somewhere around when so many Toy Story sequels were coming out, I think my brain was just like, I get it, you know, like. When were so many, th- wait, wait, what do you no, mean? I, no, 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 I mean, so like, I think, I think, like, sequels. two came out, and then three, and at, by three, my brain was like, Three came out like ten years later, though. No, no, but I'm sorry, <laughs> that's why I'm confused. I'm like, what? Yeah, ten years later, <laughs> I um, Toy Story came out before I was born. <laughs> the first one. Okay, so yeah, you're I saying mean, that, you got off the board around Toy Story three? Yeah, so like, I'd probably say like, like, okay, that's why I was middle school ish, okay. <laughs> probably a little, maybe a little sooner, elementary school, kind of. That's yeah. Fair. So yeah, okay. when I also forget you're way younger than yeah. me. So I'm like, what? I'm like, what are yeah, you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Bugs Life came out the same year I was born. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's what I was like, what do you No, that, Yeah, my, t- my time frame is a little different. <laughs> it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Sorry no, you're good. That. You're good. Um, so I assume that's why you wanted to come on for mm-hmm. this movie then was that story you just gave us. But is there any other reason you particularly wanted to come on for a Bugs Life? Yeah, I, um, after rewatching it, you know, I know we're going to talk about this, just to analyze it from the reasons of... Because I, I was listening to like the first couple episodes of the podcast, and I know Danny, you were talking about trying to figure out your journey of your life through Pixar and how that connects, and especially with horrible people in Pixar, you know, and what has come out about it. Yeah, you got to yeah, acknowledge right. it. You so acknowledge the history going there. through that and seeing, you know, you said like, is my entire love of these movies built on something like that, you know, like unfortunately by these bad people. <laughs> um, and I kind of went through that with this movie of rewatching it. And there's so many moments that I was like, oh, just uncomfortable. But then I would remember why I loved it so much as a kid. Um, and it's, you know, relevance to 
current events, which I yeah. Um, I'm you no, know, I'm giggling because I realized I'm like yeah. Besides, obviously the John Laster in the room. This one has a uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Has, uh, Major yeah, role. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been. It, I really wanted to come back and talk about this movie. It kind of in a similar manner for you with Pixar of just trying to figure out where this movie, as one of my favorite movies growing up, fits where it now currently fits in its current um, framework. I guess we can say, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, historical and like your current, yeah. Like I, it's still, right? it will still forever be one of my favorite movies from my childhood. But it's hard to, like you said, reconcile that with a new perspective at my current age and a current time period. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to come on and talk about it. See, we have an outline. Yeah. And I know once we get past this next question, we're really not going to be following this outline. But since you've kind of already answered our next question is how we first encounter it. Um, Mark, how did you first encounter A Bug's Life? Oh, yeah. I want, I want to dig into all that. But I, so brief, my first encounter, it was, it was probably, I don't know if it was like the first thing I saw, but it was definitely one of those first collections of VHSs that we had around. I think it was green. Mm -hmm. Like, the box was green, I think. The box, I'm yeah, it was. I was going to say, I don't think yes. the VHS was green, but I think the box mm -hmm. was green. I remember there was a box and it was green. And I remember I kind of just watched it on rotation with, like, Toy Story 2 and Finding Nemo, I think. And, and then, like, other non-Pixar movies. But it was just part of, the, like, that collection of media that we had around the house when I was pretty little. Um, but I do... It, it probably is more in my life than Toy Story was, just in the flow of things, for whatever reason, because I, I have much clearer memories of uh, Bugs Life than, than Toy Story. Um, so yeah, that's that's it for me. And this is all, this is all like, you know, grade school, kindergarten mm -hmm. mark. That's where I'm at in my life. I have something to add, but, but what about you, Danny? <laughs> uh, the mm. weird thing about A Bugs Life to me is... Um, I don't know if we own the VHS tape. I feel like I remember seeing the VHS tape. Maybe we just had like the case and we didn't have the VHS. Um, or maybe we did. And I just didn't like it. But I have like no memories of what I know I watched it as a kid. Definitely. Cause you know, you watch every Disney movie as a kid. And I know whenever I rewatched, I rewatched this, I tried to do a project similar to this around the time Incredibles 2 was coming out. Cause I remember right. Incredibles 2, I believe is like their 20th feature film. And I thought it'd be cool to like go through it all. And I made up the finding Nemo. So, I remember when I did it that time, I was like, I have vague memories of sequences in this, but I cannot connect at all. And even watching it now, I'm just like, yeah, I kind of remember this movie from a couple years ago, but trying to remember any childhood stuff with this is mm -hmm. tough. Because, um, one, I was a Toy Story kid. I, as we said before, I tried to change my name to Buzz when I was in T-Ball as a kid. Why would I bother watching A Bug's Life when I had Toy Story and Toy Story 2? Like, that is literally, like, my, my childhood thought mm -hmm. on that is, like, why... Why even bother? To me, the most memorable thing about A Bug's Life is the joke in Toy Story 2 where Heimlich walks up like, Yeah, we're here for to to A Bug's Life yeah. 2. That is the most memorable part of A Bug's Life to me. and It's because it's not in A Bug's mm -hmm. Life. Oh, and the other thing that's really memorable to me, and we might cover this down the road on a separate episode, but going to Disneyland as a kid when I was like seven and going to their Bugs Life ride where like the bugs crawl under your seat at one point. We we do intend to have an episode where we cover like all the Pixar attractions at Disney World. We don't know exactly when we're going to slot it in. So we'll probably talk about that more whenever we find a bootleg of that. But obviously I won't have the sensation of the bugs crawling under my butt. Right. So, or the stinger like... in the middle of your back. 
Oh my yeah, god. Like I that so maybe that honestly cuz I went to Disneyland when I was mm-hmm. 7 and like I was still, you know, already watching Toy Story and Toy Story 2 at home, but I feel like probably that kind of like sealed the nail in the coffin of a bug's life to me it was that traumatic experience at Disneyland. On oh that my ride. gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not I'm not big on a bug's life. I have a childhood memory out lies or honestly like the film itself I don't think is that good. Uh and we'll get more into that. I don't. This is pretty easily like rare Pixar movie that does not even hit a three out of five to me. Uh, personally, I just I find it boring. Pers- but yeah, we'll get yeah. more into that when we actually talk well, about the movie. What I- but Tori, you had something you want to say about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> just about you know the reasoning of it being one of my like favorites in my childhood was, and I won't go too long into this tangent, but you know growing. Don't, oh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. You'll never be um, going on a tangent yeah. again. Go ahead. Um, growing up, like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad worked all the time. And, like, I was really close to my dad, but I spent so much time with my mom. And I love my mom. Super close. We're great. Nothing disrespectful yeah. there. Um, but, like, a lot of my, like, bonding with my dad has always, even to this day, has always been through quotes and movies. Like, we watch a lot of movies together. We watch a lot of TV together. And our, like, comebacks to each other will always be movie quotes. And since I was old enough to talk, A Bug's Life has been one of those movies that we quoted all the time. And I was, after I was rewatching it for this, I realized, that, I mean, some of the obvious ones, you know, like my, I grew up with my dad always being like, I'm the only stick with eyeballs, like all the time. But um, the one that I forgot was from this movie is every time one of like me and my dad will be like, oh, shut up. We'll be like, shutting up. Like that is something we say to this day mm. that is from that movie. So that's kind of that moment of like, that's one of those bonding things that I have with my dad. And since I didn't have that a lot with him working, that's kind of another factor into it was that was like a movie that even when I was a little older, I could always say, could we sit down and watch Bugs Life? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that connection kind of comes in there as well. Um, yeah. I totally agree with that. It's such a quotable yeah. movie. And I think it's it's one of the first well, it's maybe you grew up with it. Sorry, I, I, what you're saying is true because that's like the type of thing that comes in. But I, sorry, go on, Mark. What were you gonna say? I because <laughs> you because when we talk about Toy Story, you were like it's quotable. I'm like, what are you what are you doing here, Mark? You're oh, I rarely me. quote Toy Story. I quote Bugs Life every day of my yeah. life. Okay, sorry. I, I'm not. I'm more like Mark. You can't. Like, uh, sorry, can they not on, all Mark. be quotable? <laughs> you uncultured swine. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man, what Sorry. if we just talk to each other in Pixar quotes? <laughs> anyway. Well, if everyone's super, no one will oh, be. <laughs> what is that from? Well, let's see. It's about supers. So, what do you think it's from? Oh, yeah, Incredibles. All right. Uh, <laughs> great. Let's uh, let's launch into some of. The, let's go a little deeper before my brain shuts down. To- I actually have a couple notes I want to get into. I, I have Tori notes as well. Can go but first. Yeah, Tori, you fine, Mark. You go first because you haven't talked. No, that, Tori, you you really you were um uh you said something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't remember what it was. I was when you were talking about when you first. <laughs> you said something really interesting. Yeah. Don't remember, but it was interesting. I have the power to not remember that. I had the power to like make the little light bulb was go it off. Stuff was about, like, remember this. Was it the stuff about uh, how you get to reconcile this with, like, John Laster and Kevin Spacey, or was it something else, you think? Oh, I hope it wasn't that. I have notes about Kevin. Well, <laughs> that, that'd be a weird that's place. That's not interesting, Danny. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I, honestly, that's one of my biggest notes, so it, 
you know, we might as well start there, then we'll, like, end happier. Can we start with something very just simple, <laughs> quick? Because yes. that's one thing I want to say. Coming off of our last few episodes of this podcast, although, granted, it's not our very last episode, is watching this in very pro- close... Pro- and, Tori, I know you didn't do this, but watching this in close proximity of James and the Giant Peach made me really think about how the designs are in both films. Particularly, the spider looks kind of similar yes. in both. And I both have a hot think spider. we are at the point... We are cur- we are currently at the point where uh, it will look CGI is not really perfect right. yet, uh, and I think the bugs in James and the Giant Peach look way better than the ones here do, even with the obvious stylistic difference of one of them stop motion and one of them is computer animation. But the reason I want to also bring this up is because when I saw the spider's design, I had this thought that I had this realization that the one thing I do really remember as a kid with this movie is that I had, like, a Happy Meal toy of the spider. And this is, like, one of those really, like... It's so weird that I remember this, but it's, like, a primal memory of, like, very young. Is I'm pretty sure I used that spider for, like, teething. Because I remember the taste of the spider toy. <laughs> and I don't know why I do. <laughs> because I, I definitely remember chewing on it a lot. So... I'm glad you got that memory. That core memory. <laughs> As soon as I saw the spider design, I was like, oh my god, that was like a Happy Meal toy that I chewed a lot as a kid when, when I just chewed toys. <laughs> that's that's I, I don't think there's going to ever be a better time to bring it up than just open with it, so I figured that was the best time to, to say that. Uh, but yeah. I, well, it's, it's funny that you have that core memory with the spider. I had... Every time that Daddy Longlegs walks across in like Bug City, oh I get like, "Oh, you do." Yeah, that's yeah. That that's was a, like that's a, a like, weird uh, trauma response when I was watching it for this because that started walking, and I was like, yeah. "Oh no, I remember that," and I literally cried like every time that part of the movie came on when I was a kid. <laughs> it's so creepy. I hate it. Yeah, you like bury that, and then it comes <laughs> back, and it's like, "Oh man." <laughs> I think this not is seeing the, the face so is what's worse. Like, it's just this mass, yeah. just, mo- anyway, sorry, that, I was gonna bring that up at some point, but I didn't know when would be a good time to bring that up, so I'm glad you said something, because that was the one part that I was like, nope, 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 bugs, go away. <laughs> well, were you scared of Thumper, or the bird? There are a lot of, there are a lot of kind of spooky things Excuse in this name movie. Hopper, Thumper, isn't Thumper the, Thumper the name of the, uh, the bunny in Bambi? I'm pretty sure this is Hopper. Is no, 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 no. There's the there's the wacky there's the wacky grasshopper. Oh, the yeah, the like the the oh, whacked out one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think his I name. Know that was yes. his name. Got it. Got I it. was okay. scared of him. Got it. I thought you were talking about Richard Kind for a second. I was like, what? What is no. scary about Richard Kind then? <laughs> Go on, I wasn't sorry. scared of the bird at any point, um, perspective wise. The grasshopper, the you know, thumper definitely got me a, a lot. I was more scared, I think, overall of Hopper in terms of just villain mm. presence, you know? Um, I just, I think it was just the the commanding aspect, especially when it like, you know, I was a small, I was a tiny little girl and he's literally carrying around this little girl ant by her head for a lot of the movie, you know? And I'm just like, I'm a small child. <laughs> like, I don't like that. <laughs> I feel like, and this is really interesting. I feel like, um, a Bug's Life has always been, like, the forgotten Pixar mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and I remember, and this is very much pre-Kevin Spacey, everything going down there. The one thing that is always would be brought up is, like, who's the best Pixar villain? 
and he'd always be like top three in mm-hmm. conversation always. I think, well because he does have a lot of yeah presence. and i think and we'll probably get to this when we talk about like relation to now and everything but watching it again in like grown-up tori is that line that's supposed to be chilling for anyone that's old enough to understand it of the whole like those ants outnumber us a thousand to one and the day they realize that like that line from adult tori like that was chilling because you it's just so relevant <laughs> to today um and mm-hmm. mark is this where we should start talking no about... save it for later yeah uh, i want to talk it. about okay, kevin spacey as hopper and i figured we would talk about it later i just want to say like that was one of those moments where even as today i still would put hopper as a high villain because he's one of the most in my opinion one of the most like really self-aware villains in terms of he knows what he has he knows how he controls these people you know he knows exactly what he needs to do to get what he wants immediately no hesitation and doesn't even think that there's a chance of rebellion because he's gone through a b c and d yeah it's really that's that's really cool watching as an adult you can really like that that's really what amazed me about this and we talk a little about like you know what we know now about now we're in the future watching bugs life kevin spacey it is Animation-wise, Hopper is a fantastic villain. It's crazy watching his arc in every scene and the performance. And he's he's got this, like, he's got this outward side versus his inward side. And he's always juggling, like, how he talks to his brother versus how he talks to everyone else, even when they're in these tight spaces. It's really, it's so engaging. Um as it's such an engaging performance because you see like the stress that he's under all the time and i would it's one of those things where and again it's like watching it today it's one of those things where you hate to be like kevin spacey's the best performance in this movie but then it's like well but he is Mm -hmm. so like (laughs) he can still be a terrible human being and be like this is well I, I the best part of I this think movie. Hopper's and the animation on Hopper is I think great Hopper's too. the mm-hmm. one part of the movie that like Hopper and his gang is the one part of the movie that's not outdated now. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like it's yeah. very um yeah. yeah. It just feels more relatable. Kills, <laughs> yeah, and when he like they threaten to kill people all the time and then he like he does kill I mean to me I read it as he kills two henchmen mm-hmm. for like disobeying him. And, you know, they, they could throw, like, a cartoony dead foot up in the air to, like, make that home. But that's, I mean, I that's kind of how I take that scene. It's such a, it's such an intense, mm-hmm. intense villain thing. If I had one quibble, I would say that I don't know if they go far enough with his fear of birds. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it would be, I wonder, I wonder what you feel about this. I think it would be kind of fun to see, like a major kind of cartoony shift with him where he goes from being like a tough guy to just being a total wimp. Mm -hmm. And I think he freaks out about it, but he's still kind of like, he's got that tough guy on. Like he should offer, he should offer his brother to the bird in a panic. Like that'd be funny. You know what I mean? Like that would work earlier in the film. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Sorry. I just just envisioned that. I agree. (laughs) When they use the fear of birds, it's very much against all of the grasshoppers. So you only see Hopper's reactions like when it would like cut to him, whereas the rest of it was just overall grasshopper fear. And I think it would be a lot. 
it would be a lot more interesting to see like a one-on-one. I mean, we only get that brief moment when he looks up and is like, oh, is this another one of your tricks and the birds leering over? That's one of the few moments we get mm. a genuine reaction from him. Um, I will say that that death is one of the few that stuck with me as a kid because like you're legit feeding this like I mean it's a bug but you know when you get used to the movie you're feeding this character to a bunch of baby birds and he's like screaming as he's being lowered towards these I remember being a kid and being like oh that's a bad way to go (laughs) like oof um yeah um I also like the fact that they oh go ahead no, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to completely change topics. So I always on. found it very <laughs> weird growing up too that they kept one of the antennas, <laughs> like that they just ripped off his head and they're just like messing with it. As a kid, I was like, "Oh no, don't throw that away." <laughs> I want to talk about why this movie never stuck with me. Uh, and one of them is, I think it's one of those things where this is an issue of so many movies. I think it's an issue of Lightyear um, recently, but I feel like a lot of movies assume that you have to like their lead instead of giving me a reason to. I think Flick is really annoying, and I don't think the movie ever gives me a reason to like him other than, oh, he's a loser that no one likes. I'm like, yeah, he's a loser no one likes because, like, he doesn't listen to anyone who talks to him. Like, like he, everything, he, like, he's an outsider because he's choosing to be an outsider. I really don't care about him. Moreover, I think the circus bugs are annoyingly dumb, too. That's the thing. is like Hopper. Hopper is like the one person here who seems like actually fleshed out. But my actual big thing with the movie that I thought all the time when watching it is this starts with a really annoying trope that bad Pixar movies do and most bad animated CGI animated movies do, which is that, oh, we're making a movie about bugs, but actually their society is literally just ours, but with punts. Because it's just like... I find this so like, oh, there's a boy, there's a Girl Scout troop in the bugs. I'm like, who cares? Like, that's so like, it's so lazy. It's just like, the flea circus thing is the only thing that works because that's an actual like, okay, like flea circuses are a mm-hmm. thing. Like, okay, like, sure, I buy that there are circus bugs that run in a flea circus, but then it's like, the bar. It's just like, this is, I just find this so obnoxious. It's like cars. And it's like, see, and I was that to me is one the main reasons the movie just totally doesn't work for me at all. Because it's like, they're 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 animated bugs that like talk about like uh, let's have a council meeting. It's like no, there's just the queen. Like, like <laughs> see, I was gonna say that, but for a different reason. Uh, to, for me, I liked it in like a I liked it in a positive way. And the fact, like cars, where they there's ways that they found okay, these creatures, we need them to, like, there needs to be certain levels of this, but how do you get, you know, like, like in cars where it's like, you know, how are you going to get them to, you know, get in a hotel room? And it's like, oh, well, it's a garage, you know, like you, you find ways to, to incorporate that into their life. And I liked that with the bugs because you were able to, it made them relatable because I think it's hard sometimes, specifically with bugs. Cars is easier. Bugs, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, bugs, no, I don't want to look at them. I don't want to think about them. You know, so I feel like if you're going to put bugs in a kid's movie, you have to try to humanize them as much as possible or else you're going to get a lot of people being like, ew, icky, bugs, I don't care. You know, so the... You can still humanize them without having them go to like a bar. But the, or, but the like, bar's talk about like funny. residual checks or something. You can't like tell that. me you didn't giggle <laughs> when the friggin' mosquito is just like it just falls back. Like that is a comedic. No, that's moment. that's fine. That's that's funny. That's the that the joke there is about it being mm-hmm. a bug. 
I can't remember exact. I watched this a couple nights ago. I can't remember any exact details, but there are like really moments of this movie where there's just a line where it's like, like very specifically to me, this sticks out is the Girl Scout thing. You can have there be a group of kids who are friends with dots, who are like ant thing, but don't do like. Oh, and now they're doing a play for the Warriors, and we made them a mural. It's like, no! Like, like you can do all this stuff. Like, you can have them do a dance. Like, and be like, this is our ritual dance that, like, is like simulates how ants move. Like, you know, like, you don't need to be like, here's a mural we made, and one of you's dying. That joke is just, like, a standard joke. There's nothing on there that's like, oh, these are but like... You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Finding Nemo is a good example where, like, yes, these fish talk like humans, but, like, their school is, like, we ride on back of a stingray. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that does the whole thing. Like, it's not like Shark Tale. That's the difference. The difference between Finding Nemo and Shark Tale. And I haven't watched Ants in so long. I'm sure Ants is worse than this because Woody Allen. But I mean, we, already, we already talked about how bad Ants is just off the top of our asses a couple weeks ago. But it's just, to me, it's like... If Finding Nemo comes out two years later and does this whole thing better, and yes, people like fish more than bugs, but like in Finding Nemo, it's more of like there are fish that have human attributes but still live in a fishy society, whereas this is like, oh, there's Girl Scouts, and there's an actual hierarchy to how the queen works, and oh, he's a loser, send him to the city that is designed exactly like a human city that these bugs live in. Doesn't so, work oh, <laughs> oh, and okay. so this is obviously off off the podcast record since mark's not here so is your ideal sequel of a bug's life just like a live feed camera on a colony of ants no my point is legit that we can do all this stuff without it being a girl scout i'm just messing with you i'm just messing with you (laughs) (laughs) see i think the reason you know for me like i loved the girl scouts thing because i was like a little girl and i was like well, sure, it's and nice. Uh, I'm not going to keep this stuff in the podcast when we talk. I think the stuff with Dot is, like, way better than this movie treats the Ever Woman in it. Uh, and we can get into that if you want me more Oh, back, it's so problematic, like, and I, I, I fully it, embrace that. It's um, Especially because Flick is such a loser. I'm sorry. Like, he, he is objectively just I terrible. like Flick because uh, I was that annoying creative kid. <laughs> okay, but... I miss- Again, with Flick, I, I I can point to other protagonists that are in the same elk that are better. Specifically, what comes to mind is Flintlock, yes. Wood, and Cloud of the Chance Meatballs. Granted, about 12 years later, so we've been able to perfect the right. formula a bit, along with Hiccup. Because right. Hiccup is also around 12 years later. But they all are in that, like, oh, they're the town screw-up, and they're like... like I think even you can put Shrek in that category, right. right? And I think Shrek is a much more likable character than Flick is. Because at least Shrek is like... Like, Flick is just like, I don't know. He's just annoying. <laughs> he really is. It. Hopefully Mark comes yeah. back soon. All right. So, uh, I had some technical difficulties. I'm not really sure what was going on, but now I'm back. You'll cut around with it. Just... I don't know. I kind of said everything I want to say about the movie. I am the person here with the least childhood relationship to a bug's life. And I have not brought this up yet on this pod. We've kind of alluded to it. I don't know if we've alluded to it in points that Mark's going to cut out or not. So, but, uh, so, in 2016, a terrible year by all accounts, uh, a certain person? No, no, we, we got it. We, we can't be like one of those people who are like, is Donald Trump actually a person? Because those people are obnoxious because they don't acknowledge that, like, evil people exist. But anyway, um, 
Donald Trump was running for president, and my relationship to a bug's life has more to do with our campus, SIU, where in the spring of 2016, there was a lot of growing racial tension relating to Donald Trump in the primary and people on campus relating, like, because we were, we were in the liberal arts college where most people were there were incredibly like, well, he has no chance and he's a terrible piece of shit, human being, racist, all that jazz. You know, I don't, I don't need to get into it. We all objectively agree on this podcast in this room that Donald Trump is unspeakably awful. And if you're listening to this podcast and disagree with that, well, uh, wow. <laughs> no, we, you, That's one of you, the you best cut, lines you I've ever heard. <laughs> you should cut that out. <laughs> Um, I mean, can I bleep it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can okay. bleep it. <laughs> okay. Um, you might be wondering what all this has to do with a bug's life, and the reason this comes to mind is at the time we were they called the May Second protests, or were they called? I feel like some people refer to them as riots, but I feel like they were more just protests. Are you talking about uh, on campus? Yeah, they were they were protests. on campus. They on, were yeah, pro- protests. I know. Well, I know some people tried to codify them as riots. They were protests, but there was a build up to this May second protest for. Um, I don't know if it was a, a directly affiliated with Black Lives Matter. Um, I think they were kind of just considered that, um, and like counter protests to this Trump campaigning on campus. But what does that do with Bugs Life, Danny? Well, I will just... I looked up the Daily Egyptian article because I don't want to get this wrong. Um, I will read just the opening two sentences of this and then we can get into it and talk about our experiences with this. And particularly with this YouTube video, which is that a YouTube video that went viral on our campus. We went to SIU Carbondale and this is spring 2016. A YouTube video... Well, they can look it up if they want to like, be like, this is this a real story? Um, a YouTube video spouting racist views of black people at SIU made the rounds on social media, increasing the conversation about racism on our campus. The two-minute, five-second video posted on Thursday at YouTube account ATOAZO calls black people the N-word while using footage from the Disney movie A Bug's Life. The video has since been removed. For violating YouTube's policy on hate speech, the video was titled SIUC White is Right. And it is the scene in the movie where um, we talked about actually the scene already where Hopper talks about how all these people are going to rise up. And instead of the word ants in it, every time there was a, I'm trying to think of what the word is for it, um, a text-to-speech use of the N-word thrown in instead. Uh, and it was in black and white. I really remember that too. Because I, I don't know if you guys ever watched this video. I know Mark had no memory of this when I texted him. Like, mm-hmm. we have to talk about this on a podcast. But I remember seeing this video. And, like, obviously it's very disturbing uh, whenever you see something that blatantly racist. Especially when there was that tension on campus already. But I feel like it... Obviously, now whenever I get that scene in this movie... Because, I, again, I watched this movie in about 2018. So after this happened, whenever that scene comes up, I can't see the scene and not think about that. And the rising tension and how people are like, well, Trump's not actually going to win. And then, like, you know, at that point, that was really the first time on campus, you know, I saw like, I was like, oh, well, you know, we're all college students. We're all educated. We don't care about that. Like, no one's going to be for Trump here. And then obviously then it was like, oh, well, actually, Danny, you're still in Southern Illinois. So there are going to be a lot of people here who are still very 
pro-Trump, very openly racist. But yeah, we're going to talk about now our experiences on campus, even if, well, even if we might not know this Bugs Life video, but with this May 2nd protest thing, where I remember very explicitly a lot of professors, my professors did not cancel class for it, but they said if you leave, it's... If you're not here, like, we're not going to hold it against you. Our attendance policy is not going to be in effect. Because I remember very specifically, I had one of my... That was the semester I took my animation history class. And that had a four-hour course that day. Um, and she's like, yeah, you can miss it. Like, we don't... Like, I understand that you might want to go protest this thing that's very clearly tension. Like, there's a lot of tension on campus. And you might want to go march with black... Like, for me, with black people. Or if you're black, you might want to go march for equal rights in general um but yeah so what, what were you guys memories of may 2nd so i, I believe you were this both was on campus at the time in 2016 spring of 2016 yeah weren't you already here or no you i was there. not oh, but gosh, yeah, no 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 i think tori so was, was here <laughs> no but Have you heard i was these? there that was my first year yeah, yeah yeah you go ahead then mark and i'll i'll tag on Oh no, I didn't. I want to. I want to hear what you got. What you well, got I would say, like, on. I know I wasn't there for that, but I mean, if you guys remember, that all continued into when election season actually happened, and I was on campus for election season, um, and mm-hmm. there was like that whole <laughs> feeling, like the week of that, and I remember being in theater classes and just we didn't do anything because everybody was just so stunned <laughs> that I- day. I want um, to talk about that, too, because you brought yeah. it up, because this would be a great time to talk about well, that, because I think we were all in the first class after. Yeah, well, but, the, the the reason I bring that up now with this is because I remember, I, I don't know if it was a week later or a month later, but there was a there was also a um, racial equality protest with that as well that was kind of mixed in with a, during the, it wasn't during the inauguration, but it was something like walking out at a certain point. Mm-hmm. to protest and it was all kind of at the same time happening yeah um and so that was my experience with protests in terms of that year i've never seen i'll wait to make this point um because i think it's going to relate to something else but i know what you're talking about danny but i've seen that hopper scene used in the reverse context recently in the past couple of years so i'll talk about that once we're done talking about the siu thing Oh, yeah, like, I don't, like, I think that obviously can be used in the reverse. I mean, yeah, no, we'll no, talk no. about that later, but, yeah, like, it's just, just like, in this case, it was it, very but... much used for hate speech, and it was oh, very yeah. scary. Right, right, right. But... <laughs> I remember hearing, I didn't see the video, but I remember hearing when I got there in the fall that something big had happened in the spring. Yeah, um, and but... I remember, like, tension was already rising, but this video that, like, obviously very blatantly threatens the entire, like, black community at SIU. Right. Uh really like was like, okay, this is like actually getting scary now type of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um but Mark, what were you uh what was your experience with the May second situation at SIU? Well it's I mean my experience was so removed from that. Um because I mean I wasn't I haven't really been politically aware I I feel barely politically aware now, but I feel like I'm I had a leap like in the middle of the um, George Floyd protests, and I think I had like a smaller leap uh, post election of of Trump. But at that point, I mean, I wasn't wasn't really 
involved or really aware of politics going on in like uh, early 2016. So my, um, I mean, I, I wasn't like, I don't know. I think even, even if you're like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say like, I was probably more right wing than I am right now. And not like I was actually right wing. Um, but like, it's my, my thoughts of that time are mostly from like an ironic distance, I think, which is not super cool to talk about now. Um, but my May 2nd experience, actually, I remember there were there were like a couple May protest things going on. And I don't remember if they were all from that year. Um, and I don't, I don't actually know, like, when did we take that first screenwriting class together? Because I don't know if we really knew each other before then, Danny. No, I think I knew you was that, that year. Was that our second year? I think I knew you. Because okay. I was at... Um, it must have been second semester. Yeah. So this was, this was the second semester... May 2016. I don't know. I'm sure the thing is, I could look up right now when I really met you, Mark, because I could just go to my letterbox tag with Mark because I'm sure I saw a movie with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know if that's true because I still think it took you a while to like get me to a movie. Well, now I gotta um, check, but keep talking. <laughs> well, my my thing was like, I remembered, I remember that it was a couple of there was really. I think this is true, that there were really a couple of protests going on at the same time. Um, I I can't remember off the top of my head what, like, horrible atrocity was committed uh, around that time. Unfortunately, there's I, too I'm many sure. to choose from, so it's okay to not know, because there, there's unfortunately a long list. Yeah, and I'm sure that that, that, was, that was something, part, part of that was, was what was going on. But actually, what I remember about that particular series of protests was that it was actually partly related to like how the budget was allocated yeah it's something to do with how like all of the southern illinois schools were you know it's all interrelated and you know siue got some amount of money and siuc where we went got like more other amounts of money but like it was all kind of pre-jb pritzker in illinois like no one liked that governor and they didn't like how that money was distributed to our schools. So it was what also I remember something about, with, um, I'm just saying I have the article open still. It did say it has something else to do with like student loan inequity, um, depth. Um, but go on, sorry. So you are in the right area. Go yeah. On. So I'm just saying, go on. Yeah. Well, I just, because what I remember was like, because, because what I remember about that period was that it was so kind of, faceless to me um i didn't really understand all of what was going on but i remember that there was some they were protesting like something to do with the finances being not not sent to carbondale um but they were like protesting it there instead of at the capitol and i think some people did go to the capitol but i remember me and a bunch of friends like that the group that was responsible for a lot of the protests or like said they were going to riot they released like a list of demands and we made we wrote like a satirical list of their demands which we submitted to the daily egyptian for publishing and they were like no uh which call was, for them you know, <laughs> that would be really bad that one right now sorry go on <laughs> well i don't know i think uh, sh yes, I do. I do. It wasn't. It wasn't satirical about Black Lives. It wasn't satirical about Black Lives Matter. 
and I definitely wouldn't have written written it about that. Um, but it was something like, it, it was like we want the immediate, uh, like the immediate firing of Governor whatever his name was at the time, and I did have the sense to be like, well, you're not militarized, you're walking around like the dorms a little bit, so your reach exceeds your grasp, and that was more the angle of what it was. And and now I'm, now I I think more that like protesting is is valid and is part of like this web of tactics for influencing uh, governments and things like that. But that was anyway, that was my like being part of that moment at SIU was watching protests from the dining hall. Actually, I remember me and someone um, went to the dining hall like around the time we knew they'd be by so we could like watch it. There was something, I don't know why I think that that's very like, there is something very like historical about that like you can watch history mm-hmm. from the comfort of your you know dining hall or wherever yeah the other thing i remember is i was in a student like admissions building and people actually like stormed it and i remember when i was in there i was like waiting to be seen or something and a bunch of uh like security people ran in and they like shuttered with the gates all of the doors in the building and it was like one of those videos you i don't know if you've heard you know if you're scrolling on tiktok enough you get the videos of like uh, you know active shooters in malls and shit and it looks like that mm-hmm. so that was that was what i remember from that moment and i think i mean i'm i'm positive that there was some like racially motivated terrible thing that happened at the same time but that's just not where my my brain was i was going to say um, just for the record for listeners you might want to know or more, i wasn't aware of whatever it was at the time for listeners mm-hmm. who might want to know more about the story because i don't need to read this all out but if you just google daily egyptian uh ato denies making a racist video that calls for lynchings at siu the end of the article has a timeline basically of every incident that led to this escalation up until the bugs life video um, if you want to read exactly like how it, it's a pretty good way of capturing like why these grievances are just getting bigger and bigger specifically at our campus not really a nationwide thing really it was very much a local thing um mm-hmm. i wanted to respond to something mark that you said about five minutes ago actually but it was near the beginning of your discussion i did go on this is my big like well, i do remember this time and i have a tale but it's not Exactly, think, Bugs Life. Well, it's something. Well, this whole conversation is up to Bugs Life, but I think it's something where I, I think I have to. I think we have to talk about it because, at least to me, because this is about. I hate to be like this is me. This is me, but it is all. Well, it's Mark and I's podcast, and Tori, we love that you're here. We do want to hear what your relationship with Bugs Life is, but to me, my relationship with Bugs Life is this video. This is like to me what I think about first when I think about a Bug's Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's I want respond. Yeah. Because it was like a big thing. And what made it big to me is I, I want to hone in on something Mark said, where it's like, we, I think we both came from an upbringing that is pretty, I don't, okay, I don't know about your, but you said you were probably right wing, right? Like at that point in your life. And I don't want to speak for your upbringing. Well, I no, I mean, I mean like right wing in the way that we're all like capitalist. I mean, like, I mean like right wing in the way that like liberal people are kind of like inherently right wing by because of passivity i think that's that i think passive is a much better way of putting that i think now i'm around a lot of left-wing people and it's all like everything's right wing i think passive is a much passive and liberal is a much better way of characterizing a lot of that okay 
I don't want to get into my whole history of, like, I started probably right wing because it was just my parents' beliefs, and then I slowly and slowly have been, like, very, very left. Um, but very specifically with this video, I want to mention this thing where I remember my initial reaction to it that is somewhat embarrassing, but, you know, I think, you know, for personal growth to exist, you need to be honest about your past self, <laughs> like, you know, and, like, I've, I've been honest about this with uh, the person who's involved in the story, which is, um... My roommate in college was Julius Jefferson, who will actually be on this podcast pretty soon. He is our guest that's booked for Toy Story 2. Um, Big win. Big win, roommate with Julius Jefferson. Yeah, but um, I remember at the time, you know, I looked at this video and I was like, I obviously was disturbed by it, but I also just thought it was so funny. Like the idea that this would be taken as a serious threat, that it was a bug's life. And I told Julius that he's like, dude, no, it's not funny. And I was, I remember, I don't remember his exact reaction. I'm not going to speak for him, obviously. And to the listeners who might not know, Julius is African-American. So like all this stuff is like way more, I'm, I'm white. Like I, I have so many like pitfalls I can go in this conversation. Uh, But he was like, no, dude, this is like actually like terrible. And I was like, oh, you know. You're right. I don't know why I'm even giggling about it. Like, because it is terrible. But it also just felt so ludicrous to me at the time that, like, we're using a bug's life to, like, use threats. But it's also, like, but, yeah, you're still perverting this thing that is so innocent. I mean, it's, like, you know, it is. It's so innocent. Even the scene in this movie is just so innocent to make something that is so blatantly hate speech and a threat. <laughs> and it's one of those things where this does stick out as a moment in my first memory as a thing where I was like, damn, dang, you really did say something stupid as your initial response to this. Um, and it, I still do, you know, like, we all, like, we're all white. We all do things where we say something stupid and we ca- catch ourselves. But this is one that always really sticks out to me. And I think about it every time I watch this movie, like, not only, like, that was scary, but to make it about myself, damn, Danny, you really had a dumb response initially to this. But, yeah, um... That's really, like, what I wanted to say in response to you saying, like, uh, well, like, I kind of just glossed over it. Because I feel like initially I did, but then, like, I was immediately shown the error of my ways to have that. Um, do we want mm. to briefly talk about the morning after the election because we're all here and we all were at the same spot? Um, I mean, I... I don't know, do we? Well, I don't I wanna, know if that I really... Do. I don't really know if that relates into... Well... Can, okay, I want to say one. Uh, okay, go on. Sorry, I want to say one thing on the record of this podcast. But Tori, go ahead. Well, the thing is, the, what I was going to talk about was you know not having seen that video uh, yeah. that happened was my n- most recent experience with a bug's life in terms of like people using it on the internet or for videos have been uh, you know in my experience a good way because it's been people using it to show like. We, you know, oppression and everything for minorities and, you know, for anyone that doesn't have full equal rights, you know, that idea of for this entire time, like we outnumber them, you know, and if they, if we figure that out, then they're in trouble. And that's where I've been seeing it being used in terms of like, everyone thinks that they don't have the power to do anything. But when you realize that you have strength in numbers, that no, can turn the tide. No, no, that's just, that's what I'm saying. I, no, 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 I'm saying, I also think that's, like, the intent of the scene, and I yeah. think everyone involved with the movie, besides, I don't know, like, besides maybe John Lasseter, you have space because they're terrible people, um, but, like, everyone involved with the scene, seeing it used in that context, probably, like, yeah, like, 
that's what we meant. Like, oh, no, no, and it, it is, but I'm just saying in terms of like, that's what they meant but then, but they obviously couldn't see the future. So taking that and applying it to now with everything yeah. that's been going on, like with race, with women's rights, you know, with all of these different things happening, just putting that in perspective of being like, oh my gosh, like I, that me, like that, that frame of the, you know, like him saying those lines, not a video, but like the screenshot of those like specific lines have been making the rounds in so many like forums and posts about people being like, this is a children's movie that's explaining something that all of us don't seem to have a grasp on. (laughs) Um, And yet, sadly for me, I just always, whenever I see those, I just think about this incident. No, and that um, makes sense because it's it's what you it's what you experienced with it, and that's I mean I get that with there's a I, I won't go into huge tangents, but there's plenty of movies that I are great movies. I just can't watch them without thinking of something that relates to that or happened with that or someone used that for something, and it's completely thrown it off. Um, so no, that's completely a valid response to have to this movie because people will take whatever they can and twist it however they can. Yeah. Okay. I think um, that it's it speaks to the um oh I just wanted to say I think it speaks to the reach of Bugs Life that that scene has I mean Bugs Life is a story about oppression that's kind of been reskinned with bugs. Mm-hmm. Um it speaks to the the reach of Bugs Life that that scene has been um used in so many different contexts versus you know it could be whatever whatever clip it is um because they're a lot like it and of course a lot of these clips get shared along around online for every kind of reason um it's just um it's it's a testament to the reach of some of these movies because of course sometimes you'll have a traumatic or a meaningful experience kind of on your own Mm -hmm. or with a movie that no one else has seen or you'll be like that reminds me of this thing but so many people have had these memories with bugs life it's it's impressive may i make the transfer to the next elephant in the room with this movie there's Uh, another there's another one what is it (laughs) well no in terms of like content um in terms of like oh yeah weren't we talking about this off mic (laughs) <laughs> briefly but yes, okay no no but, yeah we can talk yeah, about it i yeah. want to talk about it i can't I would, but I I if you guys had anything else to add on that previous no and you know what i'll save my uh no. day after the election story for okay. later on this podcast cool. i'm sure there'll be a yeah time i'm, for it I'm, to come I'm saying let's 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 talk about it but let's save it yeah, yeah. it will come up again 2016 yeah. will um, definitely come up again, okay. so um well what i was gonna say is to to build it off of this conversation because that's what reminded me is it's such a shame some of the content in this movie when it could be used as such, you know, that story of like oppression that you were talking about, Mark, with this movie. But then you can't play it as like an inspirational movie these days because you've got racial stereotypes, um, very offensive. You've got gender stereotypes and gender, um, you know, like discrimination when it comes to like the whole ladybug, you know, man, woman sort of situation. Like all of those things, you know, I mean, mainly the like the two the two like pill bugs, you know, that are like, they're the ones who don't speak English, who are like the slapstick kind of comedy, like all of those elements. I was watching it for this and I was just like, everything else about this movie is such like an inspirational story of oppression. And then you throw in these like moments like that. And I was like, 
oh, we've come so far. Makes me <laughs> but not to... far enough. <laughs> you remind me of my... I should not bring it up now, because we will do a full episode on Finding Dory, but whenever we do our episode on Finding Dory, I got a long, similar rant about it. Yeah. I really yeah. like that movie, but there is one very glaring issue with it. Mm. In a very similar regard to the uh, the pill bugs. Is that what they're called? Pill bugs? Yeah. 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 Um, mm. I think also the thing to me, and that kind of goes back to my point about like, why are these bugs like in a very, like, why are there racial stereotypes with these, with these yeah. bugs if they're just like, bugs? Why does this like, one bug have a German accent? Where did that come from? Like, I don't understand why this, really why this caterpillar sense. is German. Um, well, and I think, you know, it also goes into like the praying mantis and um, I forget her name, but the, the butterfly, um, like yeah. they're they're talking about their act, and it's like this, you know, from you know the unt- you know whatever Asia, like depths of, and like all these like yeah, exoticism like, kind of, <laughs> and it's like these just it's it's unnecessarily throwing in racial things that don't need to be in there. Like I understand they wanted like you know not every bug's gonna sound like they're from the same place, but at the same time. It's not like they've traveled far, <laughs> you know? No, they, yeah. They didn't fly from Germany. Like, what's... <laughs> and to talk about the other stuff you mentioned, I think I think it's really interesting. I think... Uh, and we don't need to get too much into it. I think the stuff with Francis is so interesting now, even just compared to five years ago when I mm-hmm. watched it, is that it's so much more like, this is really prevalent in this movie. And, like, it's very, like... It's hard to really hold it against the movie, too compared to the other stuff here, because it is just a joke, like, oh, he's a ladybug, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that is just the whole joke, he's a ladybug, but it's also just, like, I don't know, it's really hard, I, I don't I don't even feel really comfortable diving into it, because I feel like I'm still, like, and everything I know, like, and I'm very, like, you know, I'm still learning a lot, like, about the gender spectrum and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. as someone who just, you know, has friends who are all over there, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, I always think it's good to learn about but i do not feel comfortable enough speaking about a bug's life from that yeah. perspective no and that's uh, fair that's fair it's it's good enough to just like acknowledge that there is something weird there even if it's not like a comfortable discussion just like that there is something odd there you know yeah <laughs> like, definitely yeah, um, yeah. Cause i think there might be something positive there i'm not seeing too you know mm-hmm. like i don't really feel but what i do want to talk about more before we fully wrap on a bug's light is the other thing you mentioned which yeah. is what i i just i had a thought about all of that uh well i think it's i i don't know i think this is not probably not an original thought but it's something that i think about especially when we're watching these comedy movies which obviously have a lot of racial stereotypes and they're just part of it one one thought I have is I think, you know, comedy comes from incongruity. I think that, you know, like, racial incongruity is, it is a tool. And it's like, why is the caterpillar German? Because that's pretty wacky. And, of course, it operates on multiple levels with, like, um, like he's, he's obviously, like, a flamboyant type of German. Um, and I, and I think that it, it comes from from that like these exaggerated qualities of how how one race or you know like one one race what like i'm I'm mostly talking about like how you perceive the other is sort of generalized Mm -hmm. and it can be exaggerated and humor comes out of that 
um, what is what is kind of trickier for me, and I think you mentioned this, Danny, and maybe this is even sort of a why to your why there is this comfort from that. It just it doesn't just come from not knowing a whole lot, which of course we don't. I think it comes from how, when a movie comes out now. We, I think we kind of see it in conversation with the critical discourse about about cultural issues that's going on at the same time. And, of course, movies can have been doing this forever, um, you know, all back to way, way ever since when, and who knows what, you know, this is where we really don't know what we're talking about, like, who knows what was going on in gender studies in 1998. I'm sure someone would know better than us. Um, but I, I think some when when a movie comes out like our bells go off right now because we think that's problematic that's the lesbian kiss and light year like that's gonna tick off this group of people in our brains who might just be a group of people you know in our brains it's like we have these we know all the categories we know the parties involved and how that how it works in the culture we have that kind of picture of it it's harder to go back and talk about a movie from 1998 and how that is is perceived c compared to the culture at large i'd love to know you know how how other people see these things because i think now i mean it's, you know maybe it's an, an us you know we three are kind of dialed into these things i think in in a way so maybe the movies have more of that conversation for us or or for people who are just kind of you know, we got our ears in a couple different conversations all going on at once. That's that's a problem with me watching Bugs Life too. Is I'm like, you know, what, what, what is this saying exactly? Like, where, how does this stand in relation to other things? It's really hard to piece all that together if you don't like go back to the year and and what what was going on at the time. Because I think we could do it now. You know, if we could we could go back and do all this research, come back to a week later episode and have all this historical context. But I think that's part of the issue of going back to a movie from 1998 is mm -hmm. now we really think of movies being in conversation with ongoing dialogues and, and movies in the past are like, well, the three amigos is out there in the world and now we have to deal with it. Not to go on a whole tangent here, but I, I agree with what you're saying. But this weekend when I was in a hotel, you know, I watched a movie that comes out a year after this that uh, is actually worse on the racial stereotype. I didn't watch all of it. I watched it. I put it on for 10 minutes because it was on TNT. And that is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which in the span of the 10 minutes I watched it, we got... Uh, we, it was actually pretty... I was so shocked at how rapid like it happened. It was We cut to a scene with Newt Gunray and those aliens. Then we cut back to Jar Jar doing something stupid and then eat Watto. And I'm like, this is... This is terrible. And, like, at the time, I know people at the time were like, this is racist. And that conversation has only grown louder since it has come out. Uh, and it's still always, you know, always going back to this. Because, you know, I love the Phantom Menace as a kid. I always remember you go back to you like, wow, Jar Jar really is that racist. You mm -hmm. know? Because as a kid, you're like, oh, no, he's just a funny character. Like, it's well, specifically as a white kid. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's just a funny <laughs> character. And it's like, no, he's not. Like, yeah. Um, one 
did you have something to say about Jar Jar or something? To oh, work no, no, no. I was just going to like, I, I completely agree with everything you're both saying. And I, for me, it's not so much of applying like the racial studies and gender studies, like overall, like culturally, it's more of like, I was saying at the beginning of me trying to come to terms with it in my brain of liking this movie of yeah. trying to remind myself of exactly what Mark said of like going back and thinking of in, in the context of 1998 as opposed to the context of now. And it's so hard to watch it and know that like past Tori was in love with this movie, <laughs> you know, and then going to yeah. now, like even obviously it'd be mm-hmm. like, when you were a kid, duh, like you just accepted things. You were a small white child. You just accepted things and was like, yeah, that's where it is. Um, so it's for me it's more of looking at it and trying to be like how can i still love this movie because i want to because it's such a big part of my childhood and still reconcile all of that that comes with it that's all i was gonna add (laughs) yeah well i was gonna ask if you wanted to talk about the (laughs) portrayal of women in this more but if we want to just wrap it off off that i think that's also a good closing point it's up to you tori um yeah because i could go on for a while about that so we'll just <laughs> we'll just wrap it up here the, the females in this movie aren't good <laughs> uh, and they're all made very very sexy which is weird like in terms of like curvature no no, no 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 like, well like they have curves meanwhile all the male characters like there's a huge Mark's caterpillar right and there's like <laughs> we should get a screenshot of Mark. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, smi- I'm just smiling because we had two movies in a row with sexy spiders on the podcast. I mean, is and and you're and you're right. It is such like uh, well, they give they give know, the female I mean, you're, you're ants right. like they've got like boobs, and it's like that. Why? Why does this female ant? Yeah. What is the point of the curves? I don't understand. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's all I'll say at this point. But yeah. All right. Well. We fairly did this with Toy Story because I think we were kind of effusive on Toy Story all the way. But let's do what Mark and I tried once and say, what would we rate this movie? What would you rate this movie? Because I think we're all more different on this one. I would give it, are we doing out of 10 or out of 5? What do you want to do, Mark? I don't, I think that you should choose your own rating system and your own score. Okay. I will Let's give not it, all agree on what a star system means. Let's just give it whatever our heart says. I will give it uh, two and a half robin eggs. Um, out of, be, out of how many? Out of how many out robin of, eggs? Out of five robin eggs. Gotcha. Diplomatic of you. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I was it very seems, negative on it. I think it's a very watchable movie. It seems I much think... worse after <laughs> every. Th- I mean, it's like. <laughs> You know, we, I, I think we've all, we've said, we've said everything, we've, we've said, we've said a lot of true things. It seems like right now, like Bugs Life is like the worst movie ever made. <laughs> um, I, I would And everything we've said is true. Oh. It has a banger soundtrack. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, I forgot, because I forgot about this on the, I think I mentioned it on the James, James the Giant Peach one, but the Randy Newman song at the end of this one also is like, oh, I'll tell you about a bug. I'm always like, yes, Randy, <laughs> go off. Yes. <laughs> um, I will do, see, I have such a conflict with this. Mark, you go ahead, because I really am conflicting, conflicted about my rating for this movie. Oh man. I mean, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it, a fruit basket and it contains 
like five ripe oranges and three kiwis that are hard to peel. Okay. <laughs> I'm right. regretting letting you go first because mine was just going to be here's a number out of 10. And here we've got this beautiful metaphor. That's, of that's this. the perfect ending. Just give us a number out of 10. <laughs> oh, God. Um, that would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this metaphorical fruit basket. And. I would give it probably a six out of ten for the whole like childhood nostalgia factor. Wow, so you only liked it a bit more than me. Because <laughs> mine really equals out to five out of ten. Well, I don't know what it is. I feel weird about like between a six and a seven. Like seven always feels too high for me, and six feels too low. But I like a like you a round a 6.5 number. If you want, I could, you... but I really like the solid number. You give, you give it a six point five eight three. Like you can give it go crazy. On Fine, the we'll go with it. We'll go with a six point five four. How about that? There we go. There we go. <laughs> so Tori, we are about to with the. Talk about what we're doing next time, but first, tell us about you again one more time where we can find you. Like, plug yourself if you have anything to plug. I don't think you do, but if you do, go ahead. Like, I, I don't have much to plug, only for the fact that I will be a, uh, I will be a, like an expert in theater history with a master's after this fall. So if anyone's looking for theater educators, and I say expert very loosely, um, <laughs> if anyone's looking oh, for theater educators um, or any sort of help in theater education and theater specifically like with high school let me know um i'm more than available uh please send an email to these two and they can give me my email because <laughs> i'm not going to just put my email out Perfect. in the middle of nowhere uh, yeah um so yeah that's my plug i don't have much but i have that <laughs> yeah tori's rad hire her send yeah we love email. Tori, our second guest but Mark, are you going to ask me what you always ask me? Oh, yeah. What are we doing next time? <laughs> You're like, what? What are you talking about, Danny? Well, next week is a very exciting episode for us. We will be attempting to record an episode in the same room for once because I'm visiting Mark in New York City. Uh, and we will be doing a detour to a little film that I believe also came out in 1998, more in the Christmas season of 1998. And uh, that film is a film I have never seen. It is directed by Brenda Chapman, who will eventually go on to direct Brave for Pixar. So it's a detour, and it is The Prince of Egypt, a film that I somehow have never seen. I feel like it is actually surprisingly nervous in that movie. It just, I've never gotten around to it. And Mark, do you want to see who our guest is going to be? Yeah, our guest. <laughs> Does he know he's our guest? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought he knew he was our guest. <laughs> I mean, just I say he's he a does. ghost, and if he's, if he's I, not, I think, you, can, you can edit it out. <laughs> I think he does. I think he does, but I think I forgot. I've forgotten so many things. I I need to remind him the date is coming up. Our guest is going to be our friend from uh, school and life now, Michael Sigilito, another oh. actor in the New York area. So, And he's a musical theater actor, so I was like, yo, man, do you want to come on for Prince of Egypt? And he was like, yeah. So, 
That's I mean, exactly I how I pictured school, that so. conversation going. I mean, word for word, that is exactly how I pictured that going. So you're really excited. I'm going to say it now because next time you listen to this episode, and you listen to like people in the future who will listen to the Prince of Egypt episode right after, they'll be like, "Oh my god!" And I know Danny's going to ask this right after this. And it's uh, I'm going to try to force Michael Cigelito to watch Cats with me. Uh, so we'll see if that works. <laughs> Do you hate <laughs> him? Why are you? <laughs> no, I don't hate uh, Cats. To me, I can... I will say this on the record here. Cats to me is a four out of five movie, and only half of that is ironic, which could, I guess would make it a two out of five movie. But like, I I legitimately enjoy Cats every time I watch Cats the movie. I've seen it three times. I find it so joyously fun, and like it is bad, but like it's bad in the sense that like everyone you can tell everyone besides the director is like, let's try to make this good. And obviously, Tom Hooper constantly is getting in the way of it and making it terrible. But it's like, it's got a lot of musical, it has a lot of theater kid energy to it. Like, Idris Elba pops up, he's like, I don't know how to sing, but let me try, you know? like. Well, Danny, it has been an honor to be in my last appearance on any of your podcasts ever. <laughs> Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar podcast is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original logo was designed by Sarah Knopf. And you can find us at Facebook at Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar Journey. You can find us on Twitter at Pixar Journey and on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod. You can also email us at LookingfortheOceanPixar at gmail.com. If you want to know what I'm up to, everything is available on my website, MarkYoungPerformer.com. You can listen to my other two podcasts, Wise with Ty and Dan and The Snub Club, wherever you can find your podcasts. You can also find me on Letterboxd at Blankments for all my takes on all of the movies. We'll see you next time. See you next time.